LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about the, what episode is this? What number? It's the fifth episode. Fifth episode of the seventh season is called East Watch, not East Watch by the Sea, like I put in. In the Game of Thrones uh, Facebook chat, which is better than not, Soils of War, like you wrote. Soils last week. of War, but that was that's a play on words. That was on purpose. But no, but no. Welcome back, and uh, let's get cracking. We're gonna dive right into our opening impression. So, Jessica, um, I don't know. I can sometimes glean how you feel about an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the audible gasping at the team assembled at the end of this episode, Andorra. Um, I really don't know how you feel about it, and I especially don't know how you feel about it on a rewatch. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious to to figure out where you at. Where are you at this week with old Eastwatch? Listen, you don't know. I'd like you to go first. I'll okay, save my opinion. All right. So here's the deal. Um, Eastwatch is a different type of episode uh, than we've seen. Uh, although I guess I don't even know what that means. Uh, like people say stuff like that and. I don't know what they mean, and then I just repeat it because I'm unoriginal, and I don't know what I mean. So I retract that. I'm redacting that from the records. Game of Thrones is a is a vast and complicated setting with all kinds of different episodes that do things like further the plot or give you some interesting information about the setting or give you some interesting information about the story involved or, or the characters. So you're either advancing your plot you're enriching the characters, and sometimes you can do that with conflicts or with revealing history or drawing lines of connection. There's going to be all these different episodes. Some of them are going to have physical conflict. Some of them are going to have internal conflict. Some of them are going to have social conflict. It's just all regular writing shit. It's, there's no reinventions here. This is just a very long and arduous piece of fiction that has been created and hasn't even been finished yet by the creator in question. Do you like this lead up? Sure. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I watched East Watch and I found myself just allowing my conscious to be pulled into things that were happening rather quickly. And then I watched it again. So my opinion is not as high as it was when I first watched it. On a rewatch, I feel like there, I started to get a feeling like, George Martin didn't write this, did he? It feels a little different. And the reality is he didn't because <laughs> he hasn't yet because he's fucking slow. Um, but I started to get a feeling like I was watching a TV show that knows it's got to get things moving and get things done. Um, Every podcast that, that discusses Game of Thrones, they're all unoriginal, us included. They all say the same things about certain things, which is the fast travel. Okay, I was one of the people trying to stay away from talking about the fast travel, but now it's really getting silly. Like, to sail from Dragonstone to Eastwatch is fucking far. It's really, really far. I'm assuming they sailed. It's the, It would be fast. If you look at a map, they're both coastal towns on the east coast of Westeros. Um, that bothered me a little bit, um, but not really as much as what's ultimately bothering me, which is the following. It's the actual plan 
it seems a little silly to me. Now, I'm not sure if I can, at this moment of this episode, articulate to you why I think the idea of capturing a white walker, or a white, excuse me, they want to capture a white, a white walker would be nigh impossible to capture. That's the leadership. But a white, a simple white, seems like such an ill-gotten plan to me that it's hard for me to think that all these smart people are coming up with this as, a, as the, the definitive proof for the queen that fucks her brother and the queen with the dragons, as Tormund so succinctly put it. Um, so when I thought back on it, I was like, wow, this seems like... And, and you know, they tried to set a precedent by saying there was one brought back to the Night's Watch, which is fine. There was one. And I guess maybe they could say we could do it again to try to convince people. But there's a, a lot of assumptions going on here. And I... And it's just, when I start to think about it logistically, it starts to really bother me. When I think about, okay, all these guys are going to venture out north of the wall. None of them have horses. They're going to try to ambush a white that's going to get not part of this main group. Like, whites aren't people. They travel in a single giant army, and they just keep moving. You're going to have to ambush them and grab one and fucking run away through the woods and they never get tired. We know they're fast. We know they run. You guys get tired. Uh, it seems you have a dragon. Fucking fly over. Danny, fly over the fucking army and come back. Like some of that stuff, it's just, it really, it seems logistically like, fuck, man, I, I don't know. I just don't know if I could, if I can get behind that. Um, not, not to mention, we have fucking Brandroid in Winterfell who could probably give some sort of inkling into this thing. Um, I don't know. that The plan bothers me. Now, a couple other things. I know it's been pointed out, how did Tyrion even know Jaime survived to seek an audience with him? How did they know? And then I start to think, how did the, how did the Dothraki just let him and Bronn slip away? We know they didn't hold their breath the whole time they were in that river. And I don't know if that's a major river on the map, like the Mander or the Blackwater Rush, or if it's a tributary to that one of those rivers. But it's some kind of, I mean, it does look like it was flowing. It looked like they were in a pond, to be honest with you. But I think we're supposed to believe that this is some sort of flowing water. Did they pop their heads up every once in a while going for air? Did Danny, did, did, does Danny know that the leader of her principal arm, that the principal enemy of her, the leader of that whole army, went into that water when he tried to run her down and she didn't dispatch any Dothraki outriders to just go look for the fucking guy? And he gets home, no problem. Like, these little things that you can see the show is doing to make things fast is a little annoying. Um, and I really started to think about them today after a rewatch. That said, there's some things I like. Cersei's continuing descent into madness. I think she is actually pregnant. Now, I'm going to tell you why. But You're getting so far ahead of everything here. Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of shit going on. The okay? podcast is going to be over by the one Dean finishes this opening That's lesson. It. We have nothing left to talk about. That's me. I like to rant. So, um, yeah, man, there, there's, there's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of good character interactions. I like the interaction between Tyrion and Jamie, even if the... Even if the fucking logistics of them coming together seemed a little wonky and I feel like for a show that has shown us 
that travel times are an issue, that things are an issue, that you can't just waltz into King's Landing and that there's true risk moving in and out of enemy borders and into keeps and into fucking, like, it seems real loosey-goosey with the, we just need to get our heroes where they need to go kind of shit. And um, it's a big complaint I've had with The Walking Dead Forever, which is terrible at this stuff. There's no sense of geography whatsoever in that show. Um, they're like, oh, we found these new people, even though we've been in this fucking area for two years. We just found them, and they're 100 feet from our home. Like, bullshit like that. Um, so there's stuff like that that bothered me this episode. And I, and I, and I still like it. I'm going to work my way through it. It's cool. I apologize for going on a rant. I apologize if I pulled a lot of fucking material from whatever we're going to talk about coming up here, but I had to get off my chest. This is like therapy for me today. So, Jessica, tell me about your opening impressions. Okay. There were some fantastic moments in this episode that I loved. I loved Jamie and Tyrion together. Those two were always fantastic together. I actually forgave Braun when he brought Jamie to Tyrion. <laughs> so, I'm not mad at him anymore. We're still friends. Um, there's, That's hilarious. There's the return of Jorah, which obviously is legit my favorite thing has ever happened in my entire life. I can't wait to dissect it and talk about it. Um, and there's, of course, this fantastic ending of all of my bros and every favorite character, basically, that is male that I have in the show and every man whom I've ever loved, except for Over Martell, who is dead. So, unfortunately, he couldn't be there for this party. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Okay. Um on Facebook, uh, Megan Garrett made some joke about like sh she'd go see the East Watch band, I like and I it. said someone needs to make me this T-shirt. Like you know, it's gonna happen. I want an East Watch band T-shirt with a picture of all my guys on it. Anyway, all of that being said, there's some really good stuff, some good character things, some good moments. Agreed. The first time I watched this, I was so excited about certain things. Like holy shit, we're just killing off an entire house. Um, holy shit. Jorah's back. Holy shit. All our guys are together. They're going to go out. They're going to see the White Walkers. And you're all excited and you're into it. I rewatched this episode, this episode and I was very, very down on it. Mm -hmm. Really down on it. Not as down on it as like Tyler Sparks um, or LSK. Like, it's not like Walking Dead level. It's definitely, down on it. it's definitely ruffled the feathers of our listener base. But, um, but I would say, I, would, I don't know if I'd say in the majority, but a, a strong percentage. I, I had a lot of a lot of problems with this episode. A lot of things that I thought were too cute. A lot of things I thought were real reaches. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of stuff I liked and in, in where we ended up is where I like. And, and part of the problem is this. This episode is called Eastwatch. <laughs> yes. In my mind, what I thought this episode was going to be is next week. Mm -hmm. The episode we're going to get next week is what I imagine tonight would be coming into this. I got you. An episode called Eastwatch. So then it's also disappointing because you're expecting a certain thing and you don't get it. Um, there's there's good and there's bad. Um, and there's definitely a lot to discuss and to break down. But on a rewatch, I was, uh, I was a lot lower on this episode than I was. I, I feel like it's hard because I feel like when you initially watch it, you you feel all these like emotions going through it and there's like adrenaline and you're like, oh my God, this person, that person, they're going sure, here, they're doing sure, this. Sure. And you're excited, you're excited, you're excited. And it's hard for me like watching Game of Thrones the first time. It's not like when I was watching The Leftovers and every episode, I'm like, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. Like I don't feel that way about Game of Thrones. I watch every episode and I'm like, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. But then when I rewatch it, there's a difference between when I rewatch it, I'm like, this was still fantastic when I rewatch it and I'm like, 
oh, I don't know. There were some problems. By the way, I love the Sam thing about Rhaegar Targaryen and Jon Snow not Me being too. a bastard and all this shit and Me how it's this casually little mention thing. That if you pay attention, you get it. That was fantastic. Love that Gilly is like, she's got her shit together. Yeah. Anyway, so that was what I have to say about this. Cool. Yeah. Um. Awesome. So I'm, I'm glad to know that it's, uh, that you've got, that there's a little bit of things going on um, in terms of, it's, it, it felt, it feels a little... Man, I hate to use the word chintzy with a show like Game of Thrones because there's a lot to love about this mm-hmm. show. But there's a little, there's some chintz going on here. And um, that's just the way it goes. So we're going to do this the way we always do this, which is how you've been listening to us. Just rant for a little bit here. We're going to go eat, uh, location by location. I'm going to have Jessica lay that out for you in a minute. <laughs> uh, we will do a couple of listener comments. I just want to say that we've been getting an overwhelming response on Facebook. We've been getting a pretty decent uplift on Twitter. And thank you, everyone, for participating. And when we hit over 100 and some on comments on these Facebook posts, uh, we had one up to 300. I don't know if it was a premiere, but it's it's outrageously impressive. And obviously, we can't get to all of you. Um, but I know you guys are having a blast in there chit-chatting. You don't need us to validate your ass. But we do appreciate going in there and chit-chatting, even if we can't get to all of you guys. So thank you very much. Uh, continue to do that. You can also email us if social media isn't your thing at hosts at libertygeek.net. So, Jess, how do you want to do this today? This is hard, too, because I broke it down by location, but some things are intertwined, like the King's Landing, Dragonstone, Jamie, Eastwatch stuff is all kind of intertwined with each other, which is difficult. Okay. Um, the only things that are kind of really out of the loop are the Citadel and Winterfell. So maybe we can go there first and then figure out how to break it down between the other three locations. Sure. I wrote mine as Lutrail Aftermath. Because that's a pretty big piece. I just considered it part of King's Landing. Okay, I have Jamie. King's Landing right under that. Yeah. I have Dragonstone and then just the, in Winterfell, and then a little piece on Eastwatch and Old Town. Yeah. Um, I just feel like a lot of the King's Landing and Dragonstone stuff is back and forth and back and forth because you have Tyrion at both places. Mm. Almost. Um, but I think, yeah, because, yeah, oh, God, there's a there's a lot of travel in this episode. Do you want to get to Winterfell first? Yeah, let's just get Winterfell and the Citadel out of the way. And, um, we'll go, yeah. We'll, we'll go Then we'll north. move into the, the, the meat of the episode because, like, let's be honest, there, you know, stuff happened in Winterfell. Yeah. Blah, blah. It's time. It does begin with him. Randroid. Networking. So um, he's con- his network. <laughs> he's fucking control clicking all his flying units like fucking Starcraft too. I bet just control clicked all those ravens. He sent them in to lift the fog of war at the enemy base. That's so dope. He's picking up ravens. Uh, he's picking up uh, Night King and his bros. Uh, so yeah, that's where we're starting. You want to talk to me about that? Yeah. So Bran is being a bunch of ravens, and he sees the Night King and the army of the dead. Mm. They're coming. He knows. He's going to tell people. He is going to tell people. By the way, is this the first instance we've seen of him controlling many ravens at once? I, I as far as I know, but I'm sure like people in chat will tell us 17 other times he's done that <laughs> because every time we say something has happened for the first time, we are proven wrong all the time. Um, but yeah, now that I can remember off the top of my head, I feel like this is and it's interesting the idea that he's in a bunch of different things at once. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, just saying. It was just cool. I like this a lot, and I. Just want to say that Brandon Brandroid Link up 
He has the same beak as the Night King. They got like similar noses, those guys. Him and Max von Sydow? Oh, the Night King. The I Night thought King. we were talking about the original Three Eye Raven for some reason in my brain. Nope, I was not. Maybe he is the Night King somehow. So I guess they're getting close to Eastwatch by the sea. Uh, so they're gonna. Eastwatch by the Sea is the full name of the. Place. No, I know, I know. Right. It just makes me think of uh... Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah. So Brandroid links up with his birds. We get a big reveal here, and um... I mean, it's not really a big reveal because we all knew they were marching and they were coming no, to Eastwatch. So 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 again, so oh, see wow. see what see what he sees, which is important because this is what your fucking friends are gonna run into out there. This big, yeah, but he don't care about don't, these people anymore. They don't break for camp. They don't go off to take pisses. They don't get cute and wander away. Uh, like it's not like you're trying to sneak grab one human. You know, it, it's just I don't know. Anyway, relax. Let's go to um, let's go right into Sansa holding court. Yeah, everyone's like Sansa. Oh my god, we love you. We should have picked you, not John. We were so dumb. Um, Which is just what Sansa always wanted. Just like I said, I knew there was going to be that plot line. Yeah, but I don't think this is a bad thing. It doesn't... People are really hard on Sansa, and I don't think... think it's a bad thing that she wants to take the job of Lord of Winterfell from her brother. I don't think Who was rightfully a, named King of the North. No, that's that's a straw man. You're, you're, you're falsifying my position. Okay, go ahead. I don't think it's a bad thing for Sansa to want to increase the level of power she has... So she can stop being dominated by people that always have power over her, which has been her whole fucking life. Remember, we saw Sansa as a little girl, uh, this whole thing with Joffrey, and then and then she's with this guy, and now she's getting shipped off to this fucking guy. I think Sansa's just trying to get herself in a position to where people just stop shipping her off and letting her exercise her own will to do shit. Um, and I don't think this is a problem. And I also kind of feel like Arya was a little out of line here. That's just my opinion because I like Arya and I like Sansa. And I know most people are going to go, Arya's way cooler. Yeah, she's an assassin. She's better. Some people like Sansa better. I know, but I think it's the minority. And I, and I, and I, and I think that it's, and I, I feel like Arya is really reaching here. Like, hey, Arya, you went off to the house of black and white. You don't know dick about leadership. Oh, but I don't think she's reaching with what she says to Sansa. What like, she says oh, to Sansa we'll is chop, true. We'll just chop their heads off. Yeah. No, not that part. No, but she does say that. So what if? So what if she's placating the egos of these Northerners, these hard sons of bitches, as Dave, as Davos says? Like, so what if she's doing that? She's trying to maintain the fucking calm while she's away. She's not trying to ruffle feathers. She's just doing her thing. Does she like the validation? I think she likes the validation. I think she likes to hear, oh, cool, they like me as a leader too. Awesome. But Arya's like, oh, chop, chop their heads off. They're being insulting. Like, hey, that shit doesn't work, man. They're both, neither of them is, neither of them is necessarily correct. Um, Arya's upset because she feels like Sansa's doing what Sansa's actually doing, which is trying to make sure these people support her so that if Jon doesn't come back, then she could be the queen of the North. And what Arya says to her, there's truth to it, and Sansa's reaction proves that. Arya sees that in Sansa. She can read that in Sansa, and that is the truth. And I've felt that way for a long time, and people have gone back and forth and have waffled on it, and I've probably waffled on it too. But <laughs> that is always something that I've said, is that there, you know, there's going to be a discord between John and Sansa. You did. And it hasn't happened necessarily between them directly, but Sansa wants to be in charge and probably thinks she deserves to be in charge. And she's playing the politician in the right role and not sticking up 
she's sticking up for John, but not really. And she's doing everything a politician would do to put themselves in the place to be like, oh, he's gone now. I guess it's my turn. But do you think, how should she behave? What should she do? I don't know. Should she have been more curt with the Northern Lords and said, it's not right for you to disrespect him in his absence. I mean, is that yeah, maybe. obviously the Arya? They they you'll have their don't armies cut when their you heads cut their heads off. off. Yeah, don't right. do that. That's is, dumb. But may, to your point, because I don't want to be totally stubborn about this, is it is it possible there's a happy medium there? Is it possible she could have said this this talk is this talk is unacceptable? Yeah, you're this is your king. You're speaking of right. So what you're suggesting is that maybe maybe Sansa is letting that discontent marinate. She is a hundred percent. Just in case there is an opportunity for her to take power. Annie in the chat says she's being Littlefinger. Yeah, she's being Cersei. She she's whoa, learned whoa, from whoa, these. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not conflate her with Littlefinger and Cersei. That's crazy talk. She is okay. She so, has learned mm -hmm. from these people mm -hmm. who are politicians. Okay. So let me John let me, is not a politician, okay. but so Sansa knows I propose, how to be since I'm willing to think about it from your perspective. Can you do me a favor? Think oh, about this for just a minute. Here. Who typically just runs off on half-cocked, ridiculous missions that are probably going to lead to his death and has at least once led John. to his death? Okay. All the time. Okay, great. If you're Sansa Stark and your brother is constantly putting himself in a position to where he's probably going to get murdered, because let's pretend for a minute we're not watching Game of Thrones and we know John's probably going to make it through or, or die in this big sacrifice at the end of the show. Let's pretend... Sansa doesn't know that, okay? Let's Sounds pretend. Like die. Okay, let's pretend realistically in this world that we live in, where a woman has seen her whole family killed for the most part, right? Let's let's pretend for a minute that she's imagining the scenario where John continues to go out, he continues to do his thing, he continues to take risks, he continues not to listen, he continues to do shit, and then he dies. And now, where do you go? What are you gonna do? He's not the king in the north anymore. It's not a terrible idea to chill in the wings a little just in case and hope that you can get power or somebody else takes over Winterfell like a Bolton or a Glover or a fucking Manderley or a Mormon. And suddenly they're like, we want Sansa to marry this. You know what I mean? Like, I am not saying that what Sansa's doing is wrong. I'm not suggesting I'm saying that. she's doing exactly what Arya says she's doing. Okay, that's fine. She's saying... And what does Arya, Arya say says, specifically? If John doesn't doesn't come back, you'll need their support to work together and give you what you really want. And Sansa balks, and Arya says, "No, I know that's what you're thinking. You don't want to be thinking it, mm -hmm. but you are." Okay, so and Arya is correct. Okay, she's Her assessment correct. Hundred percent correct. That's fine, but is she? Fuck you, Arya, with your moralizing. What does that even mean? Why is she even saying it? Why is she being a dick? Because she doesn't trust Sansa. Fine. You're because the one who ran sees, off and joined the fucking faceless She man. sees, and as far as she knows, Sansa's been with the Lannisters all this time, and now she's working with Littlefinger. Mm. These are enemies to the Stark, the Stark family in Arya's mind. All Arya knows is where Sansa spent time. That She looks at Sansa and sees Cersei and Littlefinger. Wait, so why? who's her enemies? I missed that part. I was reading the, the chat. The Lannisters. Sorry. Oh, and you yell at me for reading the chat. No, the I, oh, I get one. I, I get win. one once every five. You see in the chat seasons. that everyone's saying things about me. Good work, Jess. Great, great job. Exactly. Yeah. You're the best host ever, Jess. Oh, crazy. Did you see words out that? Crazy. <laughs> They're all siding with Arya. That's really controversial. I'm asking I'm not, people to think a little. But I'm not even siding with Arya. I'm just saying Arya's assessment of Sansa is correct. 
I'm not saying stance is wrong either. Okay. Then I'm just saying what Arya is doing is exactly. I didn't say. What stance is doing is exactly what Arya says she's doing. I didn't say you didn't. I'm just saying, why is Arya moralizing? Why even mention it? What's your point? To feel better about yourself? No. Her point is that she doesn't trust Sansa anymore. She looks at Sansa and sees the Lannisters. She sees someone who would work with Littlefinger, these enemies, these people who were against their family for all this time. She's starting to think maybe Sansa is her enemy. Littlefinger, the one who brought the Knights of the Vale to the fucking Battle of Bastards? Arya wasn't there to see that. Know, all she but... was there to do was see all the shit that Littlefinger did to her family. I don't know why Arya is thinking that somehow Sansa is in league with Littlefinger like this. Like, Sansa... Because Littlefinger's at the Vale walking around with Sansa everywhere. Not at the Vale, at Winterfell. Wherever they are, Jesus right. Christ. Right, the guy that, right. But what's what's annoying about the whole thing is that Sansa is somebody who, again, she had to survive at King's Landing by herself with no family around it, nobody to protect her. But Arya doesn't know this. She doesn't know she Arya was married was to Joffrey. Arya was doing her whole own thing. She doesn't know that she went to Joffrey and was in King's Landing. She doesn't know that about of her? Of course she knows that about her, but she doesn't understand the situation of everything that they've both been through. All Arya knows is her perspective and what she's seeing currently. Just like all Sansa knows is her perspective and what she's seeing currently in Arya, which is why she is nervous about Arya. Right, but she's not fucking moralizing to her. No, because she's terrified of her. She thinks Arya might kill her. Which says something about Arya, doesn't it? Yeah, she might just fucking kill people if she wants to kill them. Right. So what are we even debating at this point? I'm just saying. Tell me saying, your stand. Tell me what you're trying. Tell me your claim. My my claim is just that Arya is correct in her assessment of Sansa. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying that Sansa's in the wrong necessarily. I understand her perspective and how she's doing what she's doing. But I'm also saying that Arya's distrust of Sansa comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that her read on Sansa and what Sansa wants is not incorrect. This might go back to like plot fuckery, which is when is Sansa and Arya going to sit down and talk about the state of Winterfell instead of just watching each other from the rafters? Wait, like this is this like this they should talk, right? Just like John and Sansa should talk. Shouldn't Arya and, and shouldn't they talk and not just talk about the likeness of a I statue agree. of their father? Like, hey, here's what's going on in Winterfell. You're home. Like, this is the kind of shit that doesn't serve the fucking narrative because it's not realistic, right? If, if somebody comes home, you're going to say, here's what's going on at home. You're not going to stand in the back and judge your fucking sister and then go like, man, 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 Like, that's my point. You're going to have already talked about this shit. These two need to sit down and actually talk about what's going on in Winterfell. John's gone. Here's the state of affairs. Here's what's happened. Here's what you've missed. Instead I, of this right. weird, like, standoffish, like, but it's I, just a weird conflict. It feels fabricated to me. I don't know because Arya strikes me as someone who has no interest in listening to what someone tells her. She's going to read things and, and come to her own conclusions. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying if you're talking to the, if you're talking to the people, to the, to the heirs of Winterfell, to the stark name, I feel like you should probably at some point sit down. And that's what I mean. Like none of this shit happens off camera. None of these discussions half off camera. You, obviously, by the way they interact with each other, I just wish that it seems like fabricated conflict a little bit to me for the sake of narrative devising, which bothers me. And maybe that's what I'm I'm so pissed off about. It's that. That bothers me, that part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. They should be talking. They don't act. They're not. If, if you're a fucking long lost sister, maybe it was a little rough around the edges where 
was came home and you were in charge of the fucking household and by that measure the entire north you'd probably sit down and say here's some things going on here's what we can and can't do we should have a solid front this is what father would have wanted argue maybe even yell at each other a little work it out and then but don't be like weird cloak and dagger yes this is your plans it's fucking dumb it's like some weird old rivalry that I don't even understand why it wouldn't have been discussed ahead of time. Which goes back to the shit we said, John's always audibling and never talking to Sansa. Right. You know, it kind of just reminds me that it's just not, it's not realistic behavior to me. So that's all. I can see a little bit though, the way they both view things, them not having an honest conversation with one another more than I can see John not mentioning anything to Sansa ever before going into a meeting. Agreed, agreed. But you know what I'm saying. It's the same It's the same symptom. People don't... Right. Act. See, John in the chat says, people aren't acting like people. Yes, that's a very succinct way to say it. Right. They're not acting like people. The people who shouldn't be acting like people are the people who aren't really people anymore, like Brandroid. Right. He's, he's fucking, and he doesn't act like a person. He perfect. acts like a fucking creep. And he is, and he should. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's... uh. It's um, weird. I think I am just personally more apt to give Sansa leeway based on where she's been in her life and where she's been put in the position she's found herself in and trying to navigate life with a sociopath who was, could have killed her at any second um, and then getting put into the hands of the most manipulative person in all of Westeros and dealing with all that shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway, let's continue through this. Um, I think we talked to death of that. Any other details of that we need to get to? I don't think so. How about the... So, all right. So, let's talk about Arya's spying efforts and what we think is going on here with Littlefinger. Okay. Um, what did you think of this? Um, were you as um, boned up when you saw Littlefinger standing in the shadows watching like some of our listeners were? Was that, no. Littlefinger being Littlefinger? I was like, Littlefinger, you're a creep. And you <laughs> used to be my boyfriend, but now all my boyfriends are at East, East Watch and you're not at East Watch, so you can't be my boyfriend essentially so we broke up it's tough but um mm. this little finger stuff what he's doing trying to add to this wedge between aria and sansa i feel like is plot that i don't care about i don't i don't care about this what's gonna happen is Arya gonna kill sansa i fucking doubt it okay I, yeah. is that I, what it, we're leading up to like i don't understand be... where this is going in a way that it's gonna matter to me at all in this fucking show all right. i literally don't care all right so let me tell you that the, the text the text says the following hold on i just knocked with my recorder well, do you have the because i i took notes about <clears throat> what i could kind of tell that it said but rob i write to you now with a heavy heart our king our good king robert is dead killed for moons he took in a boar hunt father has been charged with treason he conspired with robert's brothers against my beloved joffrey and tried to steal his throne the lannisters are treating me very well and provide me with every comfort i beg you Come to King's Landing, swear fealty to King Joffrey, and prevent any strife between the great house of houses of Lannister and Stark. Okay. So Oh yeah. This letter she fucking wrote when Joffrey was yes. showing her Ned Stark's head. Right, which okay. means there's no way anyone on the So so this leaves me with two ideas. Number one, this is a terrible play in shit writing by Littlefinger. That shit seems, writing by Littlefinger. No, shit writing slash a terrible play by Littlefinger. Okay. Because it presumes, it, first of all, it would be a bad move by Littlefinger. And the second thing is the writers must think their audiences are dumb as fuck if they ever think 
that for a second we think anybody is going to look at this and go, oh, well, she was married to the psychopath who got poisoned. She wrote this. Who the fuck knows who wrote Tansa it? did write it. I know, but under duress. Right. Under threat of death. Under threat of worse. Right? Right. So nobody's going to look at this and go, oh my God, Sansa is so treacherous. And if they think we're going to believe that, they're they're wrong. I give them a better than doubt not thinking they think that. So is this sort of some kind of double ploy? I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't think it's a double here. ploy. I literally think that they're writing this plot line where there's this tension between Arya and Sansa and Littlefinger because he's so brilliant and so smart about things in his mind and sometimes in the show um, is like let me exploit this and he knew there was this talk about all these ravens and he's like shit let me pretend I'm hiding something to protect Sansa because I know Arya is going to find it and I want Arya to find it so she is mad at Sansa and basically there's this discord because he wants Arya out of the picture so he's still the only person in Sansa's ear. Mm. You understand? Which, that's what Littlefinger's no, no, doing. I, I get the that's play. what the that's what the they're writing. This is the fucking story they're writing. I literally don't give a fucking shit about it. Um, I don't care. I literally don't care where this is gonna go. What's what's it gonna go? Sansa's gonna banish Arya. I don't care. I well, think I, I, don't, I literally don't care about this at all. Okay, but but <laughs> but you do care that Littlefinger's arc either is going to conclude or he's just gonna fade away into the shadows, right? No, he's just gonna keep doing shit till he gets killed. And this is the thing that's going to get him killed, right? Because either that or he's going to live till the end. It's one of the two. <laughs> well, he's either going to die or live. That seems like a fair bet. Place your money in one, you're going to be right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just feel like this is going to be the problem. But but Littlefinger is always somebody who has been like a Varys type character, and I know now we hate him and he's creepy, but who's been very smart and has done things in a certain calculated manner. And we're just seeing that continue in the story that fucking Benioff and Weiss are telling, which is not the same story George R. R. Martin was telling. Because do you think fucking George R. R. Martin writes this shit? No, but part of the problem is, so. is he's not telling Exactly, it. that's what I'm saying. So these fucking poor saps are trying to no, figure shit out. talking. I hate this episode even more. <laughs> Jesus. It's not hateable. No, I don't hate it. I'm just... This, this I literally watched this the first time i was like this is interesting what's happening here and i watched it the second time i'm like this is a stupid plot that is wasting my time when there's more shit that needs to be done in the show thanks bye mm -hmm. so i guess uh, i guess they want us to believe that this is going to cause some kind of strife between sansa and and uh Arya. Arya. yeah that, that's 100 but, what they want but to in my opinion if if you don't want people to go go fuck yourself to the show then what really has to happen here is Arya goes back to see Sansa. They talk finally. Oh, by the way, thanks for killing House Frey. Appreciate that. They talk. They haven't talked yet. Please talk. I don't think Sansa wants to know she killed, Arya killed a whole house. She might no, be real but, weird but about come it. on. Like, fucking have a conversation about something. Um, but anyway, my point is this. I think she should... I think this will be Littlefinger's... Demise? Demise. It's, a, it's first of all... It's his worst play of all time. Of a man who makes brilliant plays, this is the worst play he's ever made. To think that this fucking letter, that's why, that's why it's hard for me to believe there's not something we're missing because we miss shit. And is there an obvious direction the plot wants to go with this? Did he anticipate this? Did he, I mean, he's watching her take it out. Is he happy with it? He wanted her to find it. Yeah, he did. Um, what the fuck does he think she's going to do? Is it just going to cause tension? I mean, he might be like, look, these two these two sisters never talk. This will be perfect. 
They never speak to one another until they judge each other. You know, the problem is, is what you're saying makes perfect sense. Is this what should is what should happen? But I have a feeling that it's not. I have the feeling that literally this is going to be written where Littlefinger gets his way and this rift continues and there's a fucking problem and Arya is out a King or Winterfell or something. Like, I really... I really you don't think don't, this will lead to Littlefinger's I, I, demise? No, I think that you're giving the writers more credit than they deserve right now hmm. based on how this whole scene played out in this episode. And I hope that I'm wrong, but I have a terrible feeling, especially if you watch the fucking interviews after on HBO. Like, I don't know if you guys in chat watch it, and I don't know if this is, like, spoilery, but it shouldn't be. It's on HBO, so as far as I'm concerned, that's canon, and I can talk about it. As these, long as you're not revealing future events. These assholes, many often wise, they're not assholes. I'm sorry, that was really fresh. Um, they're like, oh, there's this tension between Sansa and Arya. And then Littlefinger plants it, and everything's working out just how he wanted. He knew that if Arya saw this letter, that Sansa uh, really didn't mean that Arya would get mad and, and be against Sansa even more. And he... W- so literally, Benny Off and Wise are saying like, yeah, this is what's happening now. Littlefinger's so smart. He's doing these things. He's fucking smart. I'm like, this is awful. Yeah, if Arya so is... So I hope that I'm wrong. If Arya is, is so obtuse in this in this rep, in this this situation, um, I don't know. Well, no, I'm saying I hope I'm wrong and I hope she kills Littlefinger and then her and Sansa are bros again. But I have a bad feeling that the writers want her and Sansa to be in a fight and Littlefinger to win. Yeah. That's just my concern. It's just a concern I have that I have no proof of, but it's a concern. Part of the problem with having an Arya, as it were, <laughs> is kind of like part of the problem with having a dragon. Once you, in, once you institute a certain power level into your story, things get a little weird. So when you have a dragon that can annihilate a Lannister troop with the help of Dothraki and mop up this Lannister force, you then have to ask the following questions. Oh, they need to go steal white. They need proof for Danny. That's easy. Fly her over there. We've already shown that travel times are pretty relevant. How long is it going to take Danny to fly over there and look? See, you, brought, you, you guys brought the dragons. So now you have to think, what can you do with dragon shit, right? Because if I'm in this fucking D&D game, I'm doing shit with my dragon that is going to totally change the story. If I have an Arya, holy shit, man, I can do all kinds of crazy shit. And I think by putting tension between Sansa and Arya, they can control Arya being this true ally to Sansa who Sansa can employ to do terrible damage to their enemies, which is sneak into King's Landing and fucking kill Cersei. Okay. I, it must be. That's the only thing I can think of. And it's too bad. It's too bad that that's... Because Arya's... I mean, she killed House Frey. She killed House Frey, the whole house. She stabbed the guy, snuck in, brought them all in, face changed, murdered everyone the fucking poison. This girl is completely and utterly dangerous. She's a mass murderer of people and a true assassin. So if she and Arya were, if she and Sansa were all hunky dory, Arya'd be on a fucking another killing spree somewhere. So this is the tension they're trying to do to to, to buy themselves time okay. to get to whatever Until narrative. Until they become best bros again? Whatever. I don't even know. But that, that's kind of how I feel. All right. That's fine. And I hope that that's what it is. But I don't know. I'm a little nervous. It's still shitty if that's the case. But I mean, I get why you would do that. But anyway. Anyway. I don't know what's going to go on with them. But that's the scroll text. Um, that's pretty much Winterfell. That's Winterfell. Where to now, my friend? Um, let's do a brief check-in on the Citadel where two important things happen. One, Sam leaves the Citadel oh, to awesome. Rhaegar Targaryen. I really like this scene. It was too long, but I mean, the whole thing was too long. 
I fast forwarded the second time I watched. But oh. I was also cutting close to the wire. Yeah, okay. So when Sam was getting books for three minutes, I fast forwarded that part. I love this scene. I think it's great. Um, I I continually root for Sam. Um, Sam somehow represents all of us on some way, just regular people caught up in this mess. Um, regular people who try to exercise courage in situations that you would be hard-pressed to find some in. Uh, and Sam has been in many situations, and he continues to be very fucking brave. I agree. If there's one thing Sam has, it's the bravery of his fucking house, okay? And he has it. He he might not be a warrior. He might be a liability, much like your boy Davos, on the field of battle. But it takes courage to put yourself in that situation. This is something we've said on this show before. For somebody like the Hound to fight some guy, it is bravery because there's risk to the Hound. But boy, there's a lot more risk to a guy like Sam to pick up a sword than there is a guy like the Hound. There's yeah. a different level of bravery. And I was, I just want to come out and say I was wrong about Sam. I, I saw him in my head being a maester at the end of this, but that's much too much of a neat cookie cutter ending. And when I thought back about that mistake, I thought it was in your face the whole time, Neve. Here's a guy who consistently does what is, in his opinion, right to help people. He doesn't do things that are right by, you know, killing five to save 50 or kill a dozen people at supper to save 10,000, as Tywin likes to say. But he does do things to help people, and he makes sacrifices. The only thing he ever wanted, or so he thought, was to be a maester. And now that he's seen their meddling fucking political ways, he's like, I'm done with this. These guys are hampered by the red tape. They're hampered by bureaucracy and, and their silly chain of command. And, they, and right. he's like fucking Jon Snow, this kid. And he's great. And he's, he's like the nerd version of Jon Snow. It's right. cool. It's cool to see him operate and to go like, fuck this. We're going to go forward with this. I'm going to cure Jorah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take Illy's baby from Craster. Craster, a fucking murderer. Uh, like the shit Sam has done to be a good person is awesome. And I like that. It's just cool to watch. And I appreciate him doing it. I like that he said, fuck this. We're out of here. I agree. I like, and we knew Sam could not become a maester. Like that was not going to be his end because then he's a waste of a character. And why are we even watching him? Um, and from the second he was there, he was never going to be a maester because his mind was always still at Castle Black. It was always mm -hmm. still with Jon Snow, mm -hmm. um, with what he had seen, etc. Um, so I like this. I, I like that you see these people and how um, you know uh, the one maester is all like. Uh, okay, maybe I believe you, but what the hell are we going to do? Yeah, Look at all are. these other stupid prophecies that yep. people say. Um, Which have some links to things. One of them links to Euron. One of them links to wait, somebody related to the person who came up with the Prince Was Promised theory, the Jenny, whatever. They're, they're, they're all over the internet. Fucking Reddit. Go see Reddit. Um, I don't need to repeat all of Reddit's findings here. Anyway, I, 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 like, I like the stuff about Sam. I like... I like that the thing that sets him off is like Gilly reading this book about like how many bowel movements this dude had Indeed. and Sam's like, forget it. Like, this is not what I want to do. Exactly. I need to help Great people. Point. I'm wasting my time. But in Gilly reading and doing all this stuff. And by the way, I love this about Gilly that she's in the Citadel where she's not supposed to fucking be. Mm -hmm. She's a young mother. She's chilling with her baby bored all day. What's she going to do? Just sit around? No, she's going to fucking read books and just learn shit. Cause awesome. she's, a, she's cool. So I, I'm sure I hated Gilly plenty of times, but I love her right now. She's <laughs> she's adorable and fantastic. I love the annulment. Spin the thing. wheel. 
Rhaegar Targaryen annulment stuff awesome. is a pretty a pretty fantastic little reveal, little drop in there. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. Yeah, I mean, Very it all fantastic. but confirmed. It no, it it literally confirms. Yeah, you got annulled and got married to somebody else at the same time. Well, what have we been saying this whole season? We've been saying we know for sure Lyanna Stark is Jon Snow's mother and Rhaegar Targaryen's father, which was the presumption. Right now we're seeing. This guy, by the way, how gangster is Rhaegar? This fucking dude gets an annulment in Dorne. To L.A. Martell. Like, <laughs> his Dornish fucking These bride. These Targaryens know how to fucking party. And He's like, I'm going to divorce this bitch in her hometown. Still in Dorne. So gangster. Fucking marries. Because the Tower of Joy is, is, the Tower of Joy is in the Dornish marches. So... In the same place where he just got an annulment to his wife, L.A. Martell, which apparently nobody really knew about, he then marries Lyanna Stark, and now Jon Snow is not a fucking bastard. He's a full-blooded Targaryen. Mm. He is by far, more than anyone, the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. Sorry, Cersei. Sorry, Danny. Bye. Yeah, he would be considered Jon Targaryen now, since they were married and... Rhaegar was the prince. Considered my boyfriend. <laughs> and the rightful heir to the Targaryen dynasty. How fucking crazy is that? Do you think Danny is going to be like, shit, I should have married him while I Well, there's a, this, this has provoked, and I want to get your take on this. This fact, which is important, I still can't get over the fact that this. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. We could have a whole podcast about Robert's Rebellion and how unjust and unlawful it was. But, um, so. This is kind of funny. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this right now, but it's making me think of these uh, moral implications of these guys doing what they did in secret in starting a war that cost so many fucking lives because of their love, right? It's like fucking Helen of Troy. It's, it's like, the age-old fucking tale. It's like when dear... I'm joking, but just allow me a little bit of levity here. Right, it's we'll like say. when dear sweet Jamie, in love with his sister... Oh, my God. ...pushes that boy out the window... To save his kids and him and her from execution at the hands of Robert. Right? It's just like that. It's exactly yeah, it's like that. It's just like how his children are more important than the children he oh, the child he pushed out a window. Oh, shit. I'm, all, I'm just teasing. Um, but man, that Rhaegar, huh? The fucking... <laughs> John in the chat says, no love for Dornish women. I know. Yeah, well, you know what? We briefly liked Ilaria Sand in that one season where Oberyn was still alive. Or I did, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so no, the real thing I wanted to talk about was with our listeners, and I think we should we should uh, give our listeners some love here. One of the things that has provoked a lot of discussion is the idea of the birthright and claims to the throne. There are certain camps that say your claim your your claim is only only matters if you can enforce it with might. Uh, if you have a lawful claim, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Look at Gendry. Yeah. See everybody else fighting in the war for one thing I did post on there and I kind of want to get your thoughts on it was it's not it's not an end all be all an actual legitimate claim to the throne but it will persuade certain lords who are hell bent on being lawful a la Ned Stark Mm -hmm. a la Stannis Baratheon um, who say no we're supporting this person because we're supposed to but then I think but will it because didn't they all start a rebellion against the crown so I think I I think your ability to to back your claim and to enforce it by way of having the most powerful force in the land to do so really has a big say in it. 
Uh, I agree. I think lawful may maybe will help. But, but I was just gonna say that helps a lot. It I helps. Think. Yeah, it's not the end all be all, but it helps. But poor John, he doesn't want to lead. He doesn't want this. Yeah. Well, guess what? He's gonna be sitting on the Iron Throne when the show ends with his dog Ghost and his bride Danny, <laughs> his aunt. The show. You think the show will, will, will bump one of them off? Yeah, I think you have to kill one of them. Who do you think? I, I think it's gonna be Danny. Really? Uh, you brought Jon Snow back from the dead. You don't do that to kill them again. This is the fuck. Oh, actually, no. Because actually, that's. Mm. I was going to give a lost spoiler. There's too much lost talk in the chat. Eric Dondarrion's been up and down a few times. I know he doesn't have a huge. Yeah, but we bearing. don't care about him. What? I mean, I care about him, actually. He's like How with my boyfriends. And I'm real high on him right now. Back. I'm even high on a Thoros of Mir and his top knot <laughs> at this point. Thoros of Mir. But um, I hardly recognized you. That was all you got. It's, it's interesting. There's just something. I, I don't know. You have to kill one or the other. But then I guess Danny got burned and lived and so i guess there's something to be said for that but i don't know i think you kill somebody you stab him to death you bring him back from the dead he has to have a greater purpose than just dying again it could be the unification i, I feel like john snow is the unkillable in the show i feel like he's the one mm. all right we'll see but anyway yeah i just i I've, i don't know that lawful claim stuff i think is it's an interesting thought but if we've one thing the history of Game of Thrones has told us that yes and no. I mean, once the person that is the king is the king, <laughs> then that's all. Robert Baratheon for sure didn't have a lawful claim to the throne, but he fucking they took killed it. Killed the king, so he said, "I'll take it." He fucking took it. And mams, right? Servers yeah. and mams. <laughs> when Aegon the Conqueror landed in in you know, fucking burnt Harrenhal, he was taking. And then they're like, well, now he has a right. It's just, I mean, the whole thing is, is a sham. It's hilarious. But, but I think there's some sort of lawful, I think there is a tendency for certain lords of Westeros to follow the lawful thing and do that. And uh, maybe that's just going to help a little bit. But for sure, you need to be able to protect and enforce your claim. For sure. For sure. Where to, my friend? Well, now I guess we can go through all the the Jamie King's Landing, Dragonstone, right, so uh, Eastwatch stuff. It's it's kind of all together. Okay, so um, loot trail aftermath. Let's start. Let's here. start there. So Jamie and Braun surface. This to me is this angered you? Fucking stupid. Okay. This is why this is stupid because the whole time I watched that battle, which was fantastic, did I not say this last week? Like, isn't it funny how Braun and Jamie just magically happen to survive while everybody around them dies? Like, how are they so magical? And everyone's like, Bron's such a good fighter. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, great. Bron's a good fighter. Fantastic. This is fucking stupid. I'm sorry. You don't go into water. They literally, Danny watches you go in, and then you just walk, get up and walk over to fucking Cersei. Bye. This is dumb. <laughs> I'm really mad about this. I was so angry when they surfaced, and I realized they were not prisoners. I could write a better show because in my show, they'd be prisoners and there would be a moral dilemma. Did you dilemma. just say, I'm going to jump in because <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. Wait, but there's so now much I love more you, to say. But you don't write a better show than this. Oh, well, in this particular instance, I will. Okay. Because here's my show. Maybe. You, Ready? No, I don't know if I want to hear this. Here's my show. One. Jamie and Braun. All the dogs can talk. Two. No, I don't want the dogs all, to talk. All the dire wolves are alive. Oh, for Three. sure. The dire wolves are alive. Arya kills Sansa. Four. No, no, I want Arya to kill Sansa. Now Jorah is crazy. my boyfriend Monday through Wednesday. That's true. Thursday through Friday. <laughs> no. 
Go ahead. I'll I'm take Jon Snow. I'll take Torment on the weekends. Um, all right. Anyways, this is what should have happened. Is everyone ready? They were taken fucking prisoner. And then we get to watch this moral dilemma that Tyrion's got to go through. Does he let Jamie go? Does he keep right. Jamie a prisoner? What the fuck's he going to do? Does he return the favor? How Jamie saved him? How does he go through his loyalties where he's loyal to Danny and doesn't believe the Lannister should be in charge, but he loves his fucking brother? The scene between Jamie and Tyrion is fantastic, and we will get there. It no, it would have been a better fucking scene if Jamie was a prisoner and Tyrion held Jamie's fate in his hands and Tyrion had to make a decision as to which side he actually wanted to be on. Thank you. Better show. I win. Bye. Hold on. Let me call you back. Bring. Hello? <laughs> Are you going to pick up? <laughs> no. I'm out of you. <laughs> Decline. Send you to voicemail. <laughs> well, you've reached Jessica. Why are you mad can't at come me? to the phone right now. I, Drinking we, wine and podcasting. We discussed a capture and Tyrion. Will Tyrion return the favor? Right? Yeah. And I want that to be a show. Mm, well, too bad. And I'm mad. This is stupid. I was mad. Real mad. All right. So we got it. Let's get over it. Hold on. There's a knock at the door. Mr. Good over. It's here. He wants to come in. So um, <laughs> I don't want to knock because the dog will bark. Our dog will be running downstairs. Barking. Uh, uh, all right. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. He so, goes immediately to King's Landing in like five minutes because, you know, a couple things, does. a couple things. I know you're probably, I know putting your guys in armor and giving them flotation devices and then shooting this on a fucking raging river that pushes them downstream. And then yeah, where, except it was a fucking puddle last okay. week. So a couple of things. Let's just for a minute. Suspend our disbelief. Yes. Okay. Well, I might as well just be watching fucking Glenn going under a dumpster. Okay. That's a good point. So here's I stole a, it from someone in the chat. Someone in the chat says something about Glenn. So here's the deal. They, we can presume that they probably popped their heads up a few times on this journey because they clearly didn't hold their breath that long. So the first thing we have to do is understand that they've probably surfaced a couple times while going down. It doesn't look like a river, but I think it's supposed to be. It's not a lake. Did they just swim the lake? It's got to be a river, right? Which means it's it's one of the ones coming off the Mandra or the Blackwater Rush. Or one of those, but no, because those are too big. But But based on where they were, I was trying to figure out, like, where are they? They're somewhere in between the two territories. We know there's mountains around them. That's all we really know. And water. I guess that doesn't really matter. My point is, we have to believe that these guys bopped their heads up a couple times and went back down under while they were getting the fuck out of there. Don't really know how Jamie swam. Don't know how Bronn swam with him. He must have a really good survival stroke, a really good recovery stroke. Um, he must be a Navy SEAL. I don't know. But um, a combat stroke. But he, um, but it, it's really, it's really rough that at the very least, these guys aren't getting swept down a stream and Danny's like, it's fine. Not, doesn't send a couple Dothraki. Go get the prisoners. She's so obsessed with making a show of her strength by burning Dickon and Randall that she ignores the fact that this guy just tried to lance her, went into the river and doesn't dispatch Dothraki she to go She would never look. do that. Nobody, no... No one in there, no battle commander ever, anywhere, ever. And, and wasn't Tyrion there? I mean, I guess Tyrion wouldn't say anything if he wants Jamie to get away. But not one Dothraki's like, oh, they went into the water. Let's Ooh, go down shit, there. We should probably go get them. Is, 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 are we just to believe that this is an oversight by Danny? She wasn't, she wasn't thinking tactically enough to where, oh, Jamie just must be dead. He went I, into the water with his friend Braun. They must just be dead. I, like, that's just dumb. That's a silly suspension of disbelief. I would call it an oversight by the writers. Yeah, it's silly. They should have done it better. There should have been something better there. 
that's too bad. That's unfortunate. But like John and I were talking about on Facebook, when you're a glorious, handsome, and brave knight, you don't have to breathe underwater. Oh, my that's, God. That's Jamie. He can hold his breath for as long as he needs to because he's Jamie. Okay? No, it's not okay. Yeah. What's bigger, that plot hole or the hole that they fell into that was like Titanic uh, fucking sea level deep? They're both fairly equal. They're pretty deep holes. Oh, boy. Well, it's fine. Whatever. Moving on. So, um, what do you think of this shit with the executions? By the way, how terrifying is Drogon? Him growling and screeching is fucking awesome. Yeah. Drogon's scary. What um, do you think about this from Danny? What do you think about this decision? I think this is still trying to show us Danny's got a little bit of mad king in her that she doesn't exactly listen to Tyrion when she should be. Um, what do you think the show's trying to tell you about this decision? I think they're trying to tell you we're going to kill Danny. We don't want you to be too mad. Interesting. Um, I, I'm all right with with killing off the Tarleys. Um, I just think it's crazy that we've we've wiped out two major houses. When you in say two you're episodes. okay, hold on. When you say you're okay with them killing off the Tarleys, what do you mean by that? Do you think? Do you think so? Let me let me give you some framework to work in. So, some people would say you're at war. Of course, kill them all. Some people would say, hmm, what are you trying to do here? Is this like, are, are you saying you're fine with it from a story perspective or you're fine with Danny's decision? Or how do you feel morally about her torching them? I mean, morally. I know it's, it's complicated. It's, it's it, not different it, than Jon Snow beheading fucking Alistair Thorne or whatever. Do, mm. do, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're at war. These are these leaders who will not surrender. We've watched other people. We love do it a zillion times. So Tyrion's like, no, please don't do it. Mm. It's like, everyone's done at this whole show. Yeah. This is the world we live in. We watched Ned Stark behead somebody in the first episode. We, we should go back on. to something we went by at Old Town because it connects to this, which is oh, the maesters. Sam doesn't know. Sam, first of all, yes, Sam doesn't know, but the maesters were like, hmm, nasty business. Like, the show's trying to say that you can't roast heads of how I feel. Like, the show's trying to say, maybe not, there. I don't think the show's making a moral claim, but I think the show's saying that the people of Westeros are not going to be down with a dragon roasting the heads of households alive mm -hmm. because of the way they responded, right? I mean, but may, who knows? They may have said the same thing about Joffrey getting poisoned at the wedding. We don't know. That's the thing. You know what yeah, I mean? I we know. don't really know. So it's tough to say. But man, it's, uh, that's hardcore shit. It feels different to me. I'm not sure why. They because... want you to feel different because they want you to be like, oh, Danny, Mad King. Oh. But it's not different. We murdered Joffrey in cold blood and we were all like, that was cool. Jon Snow this, beheaded this is, people who yeah, went against him I, I he, or he hung them I, I, and that was cool. Ned Stark beheaded some bro because he was supposed to be at the watch and he ran away because he was scared and we were like, that's cool. So we're being a little hypocritical if we're going to judge Danny. For yeah, I, I, and Tyrion I, all of a sudden is like the fucking moral compass and doesn't want to kill people. Well, I mean, I guess maybe Tyrion never wants to kill people, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's uh it's tough to say. Yeah, Lone Star Kid. Did Cersei give the innocent thousands of people she blew up a choice? Essentially, mm. that's the thing. Danny said, "Bend the knee or don't." Is this not what happens at in every war? It, it, isn't this what Rob Stark probably did when he won a battle and there were a couple of fucking stragglers? He's like, hey, be on my side or we'll fucking kill you. I don't know. I, we're making a lot of assumptions here. I, it's tough to say. I don't know. There's, there's, I feel like this is easily 30 to 45 minutes of discussion. I'm just not willing to engage in. Okay. I have, I'm not going to argue with Danny um, saying that she was wrong in 
torching Tarly's, the yeah. Tarly I, I line. Think, um, I don't think death, let me just say this because you've been talking plenty. I think death, I don't think all death is created equal when you just, when you're dealing in circumstance. Right. If John O'Slint is a traitor and he's actively trying to thwart you, if, if Alistair Thorne literally stabs you in the heart and you kill him because he betrayed his oath, that's one thing. You know, you got prisoners of war is another thing. You got criminals is another thing. You got, can you know, murderers is another thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough to say. There's right, a lot but, of permutations but, but on how death. many people did did Randall Tarley murder, uh, fighting in wars? Compare. Do, do you know what I mean? Sure. People sure. kill each other in battle. Mm -hmm. This was a battle. Danny said, "Surrender or you die." Basically, you're mm -hmm. going to be executed, which I feel like is probably a common thing to say. Okay. I feel like they either take people prisoner or they kill people. They do one or the other. And Danny doesn't want to take people prisoner. Fine, that's her choice. I, I don't think what she so did you, so is any think, morally different than what every other leader does in her position. Interesting. So, so you're of the opinion that Danny has no, that, that Danny, okay. So on, on paper with math, you're saying Danny has as much blood on her hand as anybody else. Correct. And everyone else has as much blood on their hands as Danny. Correct. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So what the fuck is Danny talking about when she says she's trying to be different? She's wrong. What she's okay, saying okay, is wrong. Perfect. She's not different. That's all I needed you to admit to me. Oh, yeah, no. She she's is not no different. different. She's the same as every fucking other person. And that's all this is. She's the same as every other person. Right. Here's what I don't like about this. How does she look at this crowd of people where some people are kneeling, but there's at least fucking 10 to 15 bros who are not kneeling? Am I wrong? They're trying to be brave. How does she point out specifically one bro who happens to be Randall Tarley, the only character we fucking know, and the only person who's the head of a house? He stepped she forward. She doesn't know what fucking real. No, at first there, everyone was just standing there. I don't think he stepped forward until after she called him out. Well, let's let's pretend that when the prisoners were gathered and put together, Tyrion said, "That's Randall." That's. I mean, these are these off-camera right, things you have to assume. All right, fine. We we can't like get too mired in the details. Assume Tyrion pointed them out when they were gathered up. Jamie was running at fucking Danny with a spear to kill her. Mm -hmm. Love him. I, Powerfully involved, I think if Danny you. wants to burn Randall's Harley alive, who's involved in that, that that's fine. Powerfully and I and wish brave. it would have been Jamie. And he can't Thank breathe. You. He can breathe underwater, number one. Number two, he's beautiful and handsome. He's like Aquaman. You thought Carl Drogo's Aquaman? You were wrong. He's fearless, right? So, there you go. I think, um, yeah, I think if you start getting into, uh, we, we've had this discussion on the show before, which is the, the idea of there's blood on everybody's hands by way of their actions. And then you have to go, are there degradations of that? Or is just everyone a piece of shit? I, I feel like Danny is the same as every other leader who is at war, except mm -hmm. maybe John. But then again, John killed people, but they killed him. So, and that was still pretty dark. I yeah. kind of felt bad about it. So I guess basically what I'm trying to say is John is the best and everyone else is shitty. So I guess, but, but by your own admission, you're essentially saying all of these people are in the same moral bucket. So root for whoever you think is fun. No, Cersei's worse. She blew up a thousand people, including innocent people at a sept. Danny was at war and chose to kill people who didn't bend the knee. I think there's a huge difference between those two things. Mm -hmm. People are at war. That's what people do at war. Right. Danny, Danny, but but you can't just scrub it as Danny's at war. Danny left Essos with dragons in an army to conquer Westeros. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying morally compared to what everybody else is doing, she's no different than them. She's certainly no worse. Right. Her her saying, okay, Randall Tarley, I want the throne. You won't bend the knee. Um, you'd rather die. Great, then I'll kill you. I gave you the chance to not die is not as bad as Cersei saying, I'm just going to blow up an entire sept and kill thousands of people because I'm mad. Mm -hmm. I, I still think Danny's in the wrong, 
because I yeah, don't think you so, should just kill people. That's all I was trying to get around you. That, uh, what I was trying to do here is get you into the position that Danny does not have moral superiority here. That that's, no, that's been what I'm my saying. point. I'm saying the she's whole just fucking, as bad as every other one. Perfect. That's all I need. That's, that's I all I need to hear from you. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good because that's why. That's why. Even though guys like John and I dick around and we fuck around by saying Team Jamie, I'm kind of not. Like, I there is something. Well, John really is, so you better not speak for him. No, I, I, I love, I love John, but yeah. No, but I'm saying John loves Jamie, so don't you dare, right? Speak for him and yeah. say that you're joking about your love for Jamie. I don't. I'm not joking about my love for game for Jamie because if by own admission everyone is morally in the same bucket, morally speaking then I'm going to cheer for Jamie because he's handsome and bold and he can breathe underwater. Okay? Great. Then I'm going to cheer for Danny. She has dragons. <laughs> and you can behead people or hang people or burn them to death. And I guess well, I'll go with burning. Yeah. Except I just wanted Jamie. you to admit that, that Danny was not morally superior. I never said she was morally oh, no, superior. I know, I know, oh, okay. It sounded like you might be going there because you were saying, oh, it's cool to burn Tarly's alive. No, that's not what I was saying. I was saying that Every single leader at war does it, so we can't say Danny is suddenly this horrible person because she do, did it when every single other person on the show was She's just about the only one it. claiming to be better than everybody exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah, I will Fucking break Ned the wheel. Stark did it. When she says things like, I will break the wheel, she's essentially saying, I'm going to break the wheel, and but in breaking it, do everything everyone's always done, always anyway. Right, like, that's why she's, she's going to die. So. Same shit. I can't wait for my Deadpool next season because she's my number one pick. Mm. Oh, there you go. Whatever. Where to, my friend? But we're still in the same place. Well, they get burned alive and Tyrion's bummed. By the way, there's a great scene here and an email I want to read real quick. Oh. Um, Floyd said, in the early scene, Tyrion walking among the smoldering battlefield with tattered flags hanging at odd angles, the bodies of fallen soldiers and the wreckage of wagons and weapons strewn on the battlefield, it's impossible for me not to think of the very similar U.S. Civil War photos. Uh, yes, the U.S. Civil War, the war known as the war that pitted brother against brother. Fitting. Hmm. Hmm. Good observation. I agree. There you go. Um. So that's that. I really like that. Thanks for that, Floyd. Floyd sent that in. I thought that was good shit. Yeah. Um. Tyrion's in a tough spot here, huh? Looking at the ashen remains of his former house. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. It is. Tyrion's not pleased. Everyone kneels. Um. Obviously, after those two get burned, the rest of the the rest of them are gonna kneel down. Um. You know. It, it, on the one hand, I kind of feel like these soldiers who are, by the way, mostly conscripted that uh, bend the fucking knee. Like You're a conscripted poor bastard that lives in this king's territory or this lord's territory and they make you go fight this war. Bend the fucking knee. There's right. no shame in that shit. You know, guys like right. Jamie don't have that. They can't bend the knee. But these common folk, bend the fucking knee, son. Who cares? You got conscripted to go out there anyway under pain of death. Right. Death. Which is what Danny's saying. That's why she told him to bend the knee. Mm. She's like, hey, yeah. you don't fucking actually give a shit. Nah, that's true. Um, so Tyrion is not pleased. Um, and that kind of wraps up that shit. Bye bye, House Tarly, outside of Sam, who took the black technically. But yeah. where to, my friend? Well, I, I guess we might as well go into what's happening in oh. Dragonstone. And then we're going to have to kind of go over to King's Landing and then back to Dragonstone to make it less confusing. Okay. You lead the way, my so let's friend. Let's start Dragonstone. So Danny gets back to Dragonstone. Yes. And John Pest Drogon. This is a fantastic moment in this episode, right? It's amazing. Am I, I mean, am I wrong? Standout this gave moment. Me goosebumps. Yep. Standout moment, no doubt. The I love dragon this. recognizes him as a Targaryen. It's awesome. It's fantastic. It's awesome. 
Um, this is also Danny trying to be cute here. She's trying to intimidate John a little bit. And flirt with him, too, after. Yeah, but she's like, ooh, maybe I'll... She really is a Targaryen. She's like, I'm going to scare the shit out of you and then try to mate with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. I like that Drogon's like, this bitch is a Targaryen. And um, this takes Danny by surprise. What do you think of this? How do you... What's your take on what Danny's going through right now? I think Danny's like, I if really want to bang this dude. Hold on. If you can put your head into a, into a, into a power-hungry megalomaniac... Tell me what you think. She's like, man, this guy's really hot and I really want to sleep with him. But like, what if my kids don't like him? It'll be really weird. What kids? Um, her dragons oh, right. or her children. Hello. Oh, this is that, this is that meeting. Like, here's my, here's my. So she's like, fuck, oh. what do I do? She's like, I guess I'm going to have to see what little Drogon thinks about John before I like bring him in the house. So I'm just going to be like, hey, this is just my friend from work, John. He's just, <laughs> he's just dropping off some work papers. No big deal. <laughs> how little Drogon reacts and if he likes John then maybe I can broach the stepfather territory why don't you guys go shoot some hoops at the park right mm -hmm. mom's got a lot of work to do this is my friend from work though only right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then uh, I guess he passes that test because the kid likes him yeah the kid's in he wants to play basketball he's like look you know what you can take me to school like, you oh can my make God, my lunch so cool like I'd really like to play <laughs> basketball with him I hope he like coaches my baseball yeah. team that's awesome. Uh, so that's what's going on here. I think Danny is very intrigued by John. I think this is why she keeps bringing up sure. the whole stabbed in the heart thing. Yes. I think she knows there's more to John than than maybe you notice at first glance. Like all these people are following this bastard from the north. Um, you know, the stuff that's been said. I, I think she's very fascinated by him. I, I think this just makes her more fascinated. Um, which is why she almost gets a little antsy when she's like oh they're not beasts they're my children and she starts to you know sure. do her danny thing because she doesn't <laughs> want to get herself down this rabbit hole where she's like oh i'm kind of into him mm -hmm. so uh this comes to the i have fewer enemies than i did yesterday again john reacts poorly to this people continue to react poorly to this stuff is it because it's foreign is it because it's a dragon is it because what what is different is it just the overwhelming might of a dragon is that why people are reacting so harshly to it because she's like well you killed how many people did you did did you how many boltons did you kill when you took back winterfell thousands she admits right, right? but this is you know this is a good example of still john's like mm, i'm not sure about this it's the dragons it's got to be the dragons right um maybe is is it's like a weird is like a, is it a weird parallel with World War II and like, oh, World War II fighting back and forth. And then suddenly somebody drops an atomic bomb twice on Japan. Holy fuck. Sure. I mean, this gross display of power could be something like that. I don't know. I think there's something to the writers trying to remind us that. But it's not just that because mm -hmm. I feel that way. And I don't think I'm just being led along by some writer. I mean, it's it's interesting. There, I have a visceral feeling when the, they just fucking annihilate an entire army it's mm -hmm. wild and cool to watch and from filmmaking tv making I go, holy shit that's insane and then i'm like fucking hey they don't stand a chance that's not even right. a war it's not a war it's a slaughter is is there something there is there this lack of chance i don't want to get too cute and say there's honor in war because there really isn't you're just trying to win but i don't know it's tough to say maybe it's the overwhelming power of the dragon that makes people feel a little weird about it 
possible for sure. It's something they don't understand. It's There you go. I like that. Maybe they're just trying to wrap their own heads around it. <clears throat> so we both want to help people. We can only help from a position of strength. Sometimes strength is charitable. Danny asks of the knife and the heart, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Real and into that this shit. gets interrupted by the arrival of your friend. Yeah, that's right. Not just my friend. He may be Danny's friend. Yeah, for my sure. Friend. friend. Emphasis on friend. That was fan service too, by the way, guys. Everyone's all talking about the Gendry joke about rowing and stuff and how that was fan service. This like your friends here and Danny being like, he is my friend is also <laughs> fucking fan service. Okay. Um, I don't care what LSK's po- poll on Facebook says. Drawer won this episode in that moment where Danny hugged him and also in that moment where he got to kiss her hand. It was literally his dream come true and I'm really proud of him. Yeah. Um, I return to your service if you'll have me. He says, oh he's like wearing this like cute little black outfit. He's all like dolled up. He's so cute. Well, it would be my honor. They hug later. Tyrion Varys discuss Danny's decision to burn the Tarleys alive again, again. And in this situation, look what's happening now. Tyrion had questioned Danny in the moment. It was obviously against it. But when Varys brings it up, he's trying to stick up for her. He's still trying to, you know, stick up for his queen. It's an interesting you think you think Varys is? No, Tyrion. Oh, oh, okay, yes, okay, I got you. Tyrion went from being against it and trying to tell Danny not to do it to when he's in this conversation with Varys and it's already happened. He's already trying to put the spin on it. He's to also make Danny trying to, look good, but he's also trying to convince himself of it. I think. Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I think he's really trying to convince himself of it more. But <clears throat> well, let's talk. Somebody in the chat asked, "Did John seem jealous?" I don't really think so. No, I think that John was probably like, I don't know, hey, bro. I think he was wondering, who is this guy, and do I trust him? He was definitely giving him a discerning look, for sure. I think Jorah was like, fuck, I thought I could have sex with the Khaleesi now that Dario Naharis is gone, and now there's this other handsome young buck. (laughs) What now? (laughs) Yeah, he knows. Jorah knows. That's why he's out of there. He's like, fuck this place. He's the best. Anyway. So... Um, yeah, I like this discussion a lot. Tyrion tries to justify. Varys recounts Ares in his throne room burnings. He tried to tell himself he wasn't responsible, just like Tyrion. Uh, by the way, Ares II killed Brandon Stark and Rickard Stark, father and son. What do you think of that for a parallel? Brandon Stark? I already know about him. Mm, no, you don't. Yeah, so Bran. Killed a, killed a, killed um, killed the father and son. Just like her. She did just yeah. like her daddy did back in the day. All right. Um. Sorry, Tarly. Sorry, Dickon. No more yeah, Dickon sorry, jokes. Dickon. Short-lived but sweet. A sweet and lovely existence. Well, Tyrion says she's in her father and she never will be with the right counsel, which is again Varys kind of telling Tyrion to keep up the counseling. Keep trying to counsel her because we have to. They discuss the scroll that was sealed <laughs> for the king in the north. Of course, Varys already read it, which is hilarious. Of course he did. Nothing good, he says. Uh, and then, of course, later in the war room, John reads the scroll, right? And then he knows he's got to go back to his people. Yes. Um, this is John just being John, and I love John. And um, this is where he realizes that Bran saw the Night King heading to Eastwatch, the conversation about John going home and fighting with the men. He has, since Danny won't turn the country over to Cersei. Uh, Tyrion has a plan. He wants to prove Cersei wrong about the Night King. Bring the dead to her. Only one soldier. Davos is like, is this possible? I mean, like, what is this? What are we talking about here? John says, 
The first white I ever saw, the first white I saw was brought into Castle Block beyond the wall. Uh, Varys says that it won't matter if Cersei doesn't grant them an audience or murder them, <laughs> which is a very fair point by Varys. I'm glad somebody said something. Tyrion says right. that he that he needs to see Jaime. Davos says he can smuggle him in, but he's no fighter. Uh, Danny says, well, it is for nothing if we don't have one of these dead men. And that's when Jorah says, I'll go, because I've already seen you making eyes at John, so I'm going to bounce the fuck out of here, Khaleesi. Yep. Go try to get myself killed again. Uh, and that's when they say the free folk will help. Uh, Davos says this will not help Jorah. They go back and forth. And when John says he's going to go, Danny visibly responds, and Jorah notices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. And he says the following, and I really like this piece of dialogue here from Jon Snow, who is a beautiful man. I agree. I came here knowing that you could have your men behead me or your dragons burn me alive. I put my trust in you, a stranger. I knew it was the best chance for my people, for all our people. Now I'm asking you to trust in a stranger. It is our best chance. And he gives a curt nod in agreement. And then um, that's that. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, we go to Davos and the Gendry stuff. So I think I've said enough about this particular piece, my opening thoughts about this plan and how it's kind of goofy. We don't like it. It's, I don't like it It's either. a little goofy. Although I think it's going to make for a fantastic episode of those guys I north agree. of the wall going up against the whites. It's going to be fucking awesome and we're going to love it. But also out on the plan. The, kind what, of fucking what, stupid. what I think is going to happen here is that we're going to watch that episode and everyone's going to have their mind blown by how amazing it is. And, and then, and then we're going to kind of forget about us saying this is a shitty plan. Just like after the siege that, you know, the silly siege of High Garden was sort of just casually pushed aside as a very brief occurrence, despite the fact that it's a massive castle. People stop talking about that. Unlike, although I'm showing that that's not true because we're talking about it <laughs> right after this, this loot train battle. So maybe we'll see. I don't know. I just hope it, it just seems like, I don't know, it, it's troubling. It's, it's not a good idea. Yeah. You have a dragon, go fly over there. It, it, it just. And I, and everyone's going to, I know I've said that five times. People are going to go, but Cersei needs to know. I know. Yeah, Cersei needs to know. Hey, dragon. I'm sorry. Snatch one of those things up with your big claws. a fucking white walker in front of Cersei and you think she still gives a shit about the battle in the north? Because she doesn't. She literally cares about one thing, her fucking self on that throne. That's it. She does not care. I'm sorry. She she doesn't care. And you putting a, a you know walking dead zombie in front of her, she's still not gonna care. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute because we got to talk about her fake pregnancy. Mm, I don't think. It's, <gasps> oh my I don't, god. I don't think it's fake, but Dean just broke his microphone. He was so mad that I said that. No, the um, it just it just came off. I'm hold. I'm literally holding it in my hand. So I'm just gonna hold it like a fucking. Like a sports guy, just holding my mic like a dork. This is real weird. So anyway, um, yeah, I think that we'll we'll talk about her in a minute. Let's talk about let's talk about Gendry or Gendry. Did I say Gendry? I call him Gendry. I think it's Gendry. So now we're going to King's Landing. Yes. Okay. And then we'll have to bounce back. You're saying? Yeah. Well, because the stuff with Braun and Tyrion and Jamie happens before the stuff with Gendry. And technically, they're at the same location, so it's real confusing. So we might as well go, since we were just talking about how Tyrion's going to go over there and try to convince. Yeah, we got to lead. We got to lead up to that. We might as well talk about that. All right, cool. Let's go for it. 
All right, so Braun's taking Jamie to train in the basement like a fucking weirdo. Well, well weirdo. Jamie goes to see Cersei first. Asks how many men were lost. Okay, yeah. He goes, yeah. All, right, all right. Cersei starts in on the mercenary purchasing the gold company. And Jamie, Jamie says something that kind of bothered me. He says, the Dothraki are better than any army I've ever seen. I don't know about that, son. I refuse to believe that. I don't know. I was high on the Dothraki and you were like, no, they're really good. No, I just, I don't know. Maybe he's just shell-shocked because he got his ass handed to him. But I was a little like, yeah, you think so? You think so? Uh, that's just me. Does. That's just me being a hater. I'll, I'll admit it. Um, so Jamie says the Dothraki are better than any army he's ever seen. He then lays it down. This is a war we cannot win. And Which I like that he says that. But then she says the obvious retort. What do we do? I sit on her father's throne. The father you betrayed and murdered. What kind of offer do you think she'll make? And Jamie tells Cersei that Elena killed Joffrey. She confessed before she died. And Cersei uh, believes it. At first she's like, nope. But then she's like, yep. Well, when he says, if you were Elena, would you rather have your senior granddaughter married to Joffrey or Tommen? Obviously, Marjorie can control Tommen. Old rubber exactly. lips. Cersei knows it's true, of course. And then she sits down. She should have died screaming. Um, Damn. Well, she is dead along with her whole house, Jamie reminds Cersei to sort of temper the beast. We fight and die or submit and die. I know my choice. A soldier should know his. It's not an not a unfair thing to say given the circumstances. Sure. So, sure. yeah. That's where... Um, we move on to what Davos and Tyrion are up to. Correct. Take me through it. So Davos drops Tyrion off, brings his boat up to the shore. He's like, see you later, bro. And uh, I like Tyrion where he's like, oh, last time I was here, I killed my father. And Davos is like, yeah, the last time I was here, you killed my son with wildfire. And they're like, okay, well, <laughs> this is awkward for everybody. Awkward. Um, Let's go get that fermented crab. And they boners. both just head on their merry way. Uh, Davos is like, I got shit to do. Uh, Tyrion's got shit to do. And they, they part ways. Um, Tyrion's going to go meet his bro, um, who somehow Tyrion got in touch with Bronn who then brought Jamie down to the basement so that Tyrion could talk to Jamie. Um, I kind of liked Braun in this moment, how he like arranged this meeting, although I'm kind of like, eh, really? Like it's it's out there. Is it realistic? Not really. For, Nothing about this was realistic. This was way too easy for me. Cersei knows everything that goes on in this kingdom. I'm surprised she did not try to capture Tyrion. Well she knew that he was going to be there too. That that also to me is I'm sorry. So she's like, yeah, I knew, I knew that uh, Bronn uh, betrayed you and set up a meeting with Tyrion, and that you met Tyrion in the fucking dungeon. And I knew all about it. You did? Like uh, this to me is, is as unbelievable as fucking catching a White Walker. But anyway, um, so Bronn was all cool. He's my bro. He's trying to get these brothers together. Um, and any this scene- might be the first time you've oscillated back and forth on a character in one podcast episode and that would be Braun. Oh, did I hate him in this podcast? I thought I tried to be You've nice. been back oh. and forth on Braun the entire episode. It's pretty alarming. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to call the authorities <laughs> to have you tested for things. <laughs> I definitely didn't like Braun last week, but uh, then I was cool. I'm cool with him now. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, when Jamie and Tyrion have a scene together, it is always fantastic yep. because Jamie's tension they, on his they face love the each time. other so much and there's so much emotion and so much between them it's really wonderful to watch they do such a great job the two actors um I, I really enjoy watching them together and them interact and something we don't see often and um I, I like to watch it they, they do such a good job yep. in scenes like this 
to, to break the ice, Tyrion says, you made me look like a fool. I thought I'd surprise you by hitting Casterly Rock. Completely unsentimental. Father would be proud. Don't talk to me about father, says beautiful, bold, handsome Jamie. Oh, God. He was going to execute me. He didn't hate me for what I did, but for what I am. A little monster sent to punish him. Do you think I wanted to be born this way? What do you want, Jamie demands. Uh, Danny will win this war, he lays it down. You're a military man. You must know there is no way around this. Danny is not her father. She's willing to suspend hostility if Cersei agrees to terms. Jamie reminds Tyrion that Cersei will not bend the knee and that, well, you can go ahead and tell her these terms. <laughs> because what the fuck, dude? Um, Danny does not want that. Not right now, anyway. She has a more important request. And, of course, we bounce over to, uh, to Davos, but that request is coming. So what do you want to do? We, who's, who do you want to go to first after this meeting? Do you want to go to Cersei and Jamie talking about this meeting, or do you want to go to Davos and Gendry? Um, we, we might as well stick in order, and we'll go through Davos and Gendry, cool. and then go That's back to notes. Jamie and Cersei, and then we can go back to Dragonstone. I like it. All right. All right. So Davos finds Gendry. Fantastic. I'm happy about this. Get mm-hmm. this bro back in the mix. What do you think of, I believe it was Carlos Freitas of the Hey Do You Remember podcast. He posted and said, uh, I think it was him. If not, I apologize, Carlos. But I or think is it was a good comment because if so, you're welcome, Carlos. <laughs> if we disagree, we don't like it. <laughs> no, I think he said something along the lines of, are we supposed to believe that Gendry has been in Flea Bottom the whole time? Not not being spotted or found out or... What do you think of that? It does, I mean... And I think that's what he's trying to say, and they try to explain it off quickly, where he's like, hey, hiding in plain sight, like, the best thing to do is to just be under their nose. Mm-hmm. That's not what they expected. Um, they heard about all these other things. But I understand that. That is a, a little bit of a stretch, but I think of all the stretches in this episode, that's the least. Indeed. Indeed. Cersei my- had other shit going on. She couldn't be bothered with fucking Gendry. She assumed yeah. he was gone. She's like, I know everything that goes on in my kingdom except Robert Baratheon's son that's been making Castle Forge steel for us for fucking however many years. I know everything except that. Well, she didn't know anything for a long time. She had a lot of other shit going on, just saying. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, happy to see Gendry. In the chat, they say, uh, uh, hold on, Kristen, Kristen Ab says, truth is, Cersei has been distracted. That's that's true. She probably didn't have Gendry. Gendry, Jesus. Gendry. Gendry, fuck off on her radar. Right, and, It's know, fine. Of when the she was in jail. Of the stretches, it's minor. I'm, it's like easy I, yoga pose. And it's, it's, hard yoga pose. It's that idea, hiding in plain sight. You know, the best place to hide is where, you know, no one thinks she'll go because it's too in the mix of things, which is fine. Um, again. Like right under the throne room. Exactly. <laughs> That's fucked. All right, keep going. <laughs> I don't know if that dragon head collection is under the throne room. I feel like it is, though, or at least under the keep. Yeah. Continue. I thought you might still be rowing. Yeah, fan service. It was cute. I laughed the first time I heard it I because we've it. all made that same joke. It's great. Um, everyone in the world is mad yes. because it was too cute. Really? Nah. Well, well, I saw a lot of people favorable. Well, Tyler Twitter. Sparks was mad at least because well, he has been mad about everything. He okay. is like basically LSK today. <laughs> <laughs> That's how mad he is. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a serious promotion <laughs> into the world of the skeptic. <laughs> Listen, it was fan service, okay? It was Just cute. like this Just is fan service to Tyler and LSK. We love you guys, <laughs> you motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, again, 
happy to see Gendry back. What's up, bro? Forever, we're like, hey, is Gendry ever going to come back? Is he going to be disappeared in the world forever? Um, you know, there are people all crying about their Deadpool because they have Robin Aaron. Will Robin, uh, Robin Aaron? Yeah, Robin Aaron. Mm-hmm. Will Robin the Aaron ever sucker. come back? Sure he will. Fucking Gendry came back after 17 seasons, so I'm sure Robin Aaron will come back and have a death. <laughs> like, Gendry's going to die next week, but that's cool. Robin Aaron's been on like a holy grail quest looking for wet nurses so he can suck. No, he's going to come back and he's going to be like, look, totally fucking different. Have his head shaved. Be all muscular. Look like a real bro. I do have one small gripe. All right, go. I felt like Gendry looked like he had been working out a little and then he just stopped. He didn't look like I wanted him to be a little more steely, a little more. I want a little more cable arms under that skin. He just kind of looked like a guy who's been hitting the food truck. He's not heavy. He's really thin. He's He hasn't he doesn't look like a guy who's been swinging a hammer. Like when I first met him, I was like, "Man, this is a strapping young strong kid." Now he just looks like a like a thin adult. He doesn't have that I don't know. I wanted a little more wanted some more arms on him. No, if I agree with that assessment. I but just, okay. I, I mean, wanna, they shaved his head. He needed to do some fucking curls. Give me do curls for the girls. You're banging out Castle Forge Steel. Give me a little bit of arm. Would it kill you to do a fucking regime? Look, I get it. You haven't been on the show for like seventeen seasons, but you know you're coming in. Hit the gym. Do some curls. That's all. This guy was like, I was on Game of Thrones once, and he like goes out to bars and he tells girls like I used to be on Game of Thrones. He never thought he was going to get this call that he was coming back. He thought those memes of him rowing were going to be his only life. <laughs> Little do you know, actor who plays Gendry, you are coming back and you are going to die in a tragic and beautiful fashion when you save Jon Snow or Jorah or Torment or any of my boyfriends next week. Hope he lives the whole time. Does anyone have Gendry in their Deadpool? Please get back to me on that chat room. It would Out of curiosity. Because that would be a fantastic pick and it would mean you probably had spoilers. It would be cool if history repeated itself and... John the Targaryen sat on the Iron Throne and then elected a Baratheon as his hand, which is how the Gendry. first hand was elected. And that's how the show ends with John on the Aegon, Iron Throne and Gendry. Aegon named Orist. I was talking to John on, on the uh, on the phone the other day. We were talking about this. Aegon Targaryen named Oris Baratheon as ha- hand of the king, and he was the first hand of the king ever. That'd be pretty dope. Which is kind of how the Baratheons got situated because they kicked out the Durandons or whatever out of Storm's End when they landed there on the shore. Wouldn't that be cool if a Targaryen and a, was the king and the Baratheon was a fucking hand at sure. the end? Which is how Aegon started. That'd God, be real damn, cool, but Gendry is going to die next week. It's not going to happen. So, bye. It's not going to happen, but I just thought it'd be fun. To if say. I can have a one-day death pool, like, just pick one person who's going to die next week. Guys, what I'm trying I to pick do... Gendry. Guys, what I'm trying to do is highlight that I know something about the history of Game of Thrones into an irrelevant plot so you'll all think I'm smart and valuable. What I'm trying to Did do work? is... Interrupt me, because you're doing fucking great. You're super good at that. <laughs> really good. All right. I want Gen- I want Gendry to live, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. When we get to, like, when he gets and meets Jon Snow, that's a cool time. It'd be cool if, if, they, if he was like, I name you Baratheon again, like kings can do. And then he was like, Baratheons were back on the board. Man, get the pieces out. Set up the game. Right. They find some Tarly bastards to take over their life. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, that's right. Right. What about the Tyrells? That kid's going to eat every piece of bread in fucking, what's it called? What's the castle called? High horn? Horn? Horny? Horn mead? (laughs) What? I don't know what the fuck they call it. 
I don't know anything about what you're talking about right now. Mm. John says, what if Jess continues her streak of being forever wrong in the Deadpool? That is a hopeful thing for me. Listen, some people in my Deadpool died last season, okay? I mean, they all died at once in one explosion, but still. Moving on to where? We're still there. We got to go back to the boat. Okay, well, I like that. Oh, the, or Thor's hammer. Do we want to talk about Thor's hammer? Uh, like his dad, Baratheon hammer. That's what killed Rhaegar. Gendry has Thor's hammer. Whatever. I don't like what you're saying, and <laughs> I'm not going to continue this podcast until we, until you submit that that is a Baratheon hammer, not some dumb Thor hammer. I think it's Thor's hammer. Not some dumb, I'm tired of superhero movie hammer. Okay? It's Robert Baratheon's hammer. All right. That killed Rhaegar, and now it's going to kill John, another Targaryen slug. Mm, disagree. Me too. All but, right. So I don't know much about Swing and Swords, but this I know. So they get to the shoreline, we get this whole uh, song and dance with the two gold cloaks. I actually like this. <laughs> I like Davos here. I like seeing Davos do what Davos does, being a fucking smuggler. Fast talking guys. This is very Han Solo, like old Han Solo to me. What are you trying to say? Davos is old. Um, so it's it cool. at the end. I, I, like, I like the idea of, I like how that he just assumes the sale. He's like, it's still five gold dragons. And he's like, 15. And he's like, oh boy. I like this. I thought this was cool from Davos. I thought this was nice. Um, it's neat. I liked it. I like the whole fermented crab talk. It's essentially, you know, Viagra for the gold cloaks. It's like I'm bang the shit out of, I guess it's not Littlefinger's horse anymore. Or is it? Does he still get, does he still get stipends for, or did he franchise does. it? They probably franchise. Probably franchise it. So, um, how do you favorite establishment or you put a hole in that chain mail? The gold cloaks leave, but spot Tyrion coming back. I was like, Tyrion, duck, 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 duck. <laughs> duck. Hide. No, he's such an idiot. He just walks right into him like, oh, whoops. Mm. I'm just coming down from a hill and I can see all these men down there, but just kidding. Mm, it's true. So, they're suspicious of him. They talk of the scar. Davos offers gold. And then Gendry just smashes their heads in with a hammer. A la Robert Baratheon when was, he was less fat. I was cool with that. I was cool with that too. I was cool with them getting murdered. As we've already said, we're on the same moral bucket here. Yeah. We're okay with murder sometimes <laughs> when it suits our cause. Yes. Like most murderers. Mm -hmm. So later, Jamie and Cersei chat. Yeah, they do. Cersei's got a big bomb to drop. One, she already knew he met with Tyrion, which really is the quick, fucking stupidest thing of all time. Let me just say this. I believe it was pointed out somewhere on the great internet that Kyburn is saying, I can give you something. He's singing, I can give saying. you something. Oh. Yeah, Kyburn's so singing. I can give you something for the pain. To, oh. to Cersei when he walks in. Like, I can give you something. I don't know if he's talking. Take care of that baby. I don't know if he's talking <laughs> plan B or something about her nausea. <laughs> I don't want to make any assumptions here. I don't know what Westerosian plan B is, but I'm pretty sure. I don't sure, want to know. I'm pretty sure he must be talking about nausea I don't know if this is an over elaborate scheme, but I don't think it is. That's why I don't know if this, I think this pregnancy might be real. Oh, God. You could, know, that's what every from, man who a chick pretended to get pregnant and, you know, said, I think it's real. I really do. Every man that pretended to get pregnant? No, it was with a woman who pretended <laughs> to get pregnant. Okay. I mean, yeah. she might be pregnant for real, but, you know, this is that baby that you just, uh, you know, you're like, fuck, I gotta, gotta have a baby to save the marriage and keep him loyal to me. This that is never the best backfires. way to do it. That, <laughs> that works never every time, guys. Awesome. Uh, but no, I will say this. This piece, knowing what Kyburn said, makes me believe more in the legitimacy of her saying she's pregnant. Unless, of course, she's lying to everyone and he's being 
duped as well. Which she totally could do she and could would do because she's like that. What What is her angle then? Does, does she really think Jamie's loyalty is slipping? Why lie about something like this? Let's see. Jamie went and met with Tyrion in secret behind her back. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'd he be did? worried his loyalty was slipping. Are you sure? Or did Braun basically spring Tyrion on him down below the thing? Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's go ahead. I know you hate that handsome and bold knight, but he was ambushed yet again. First by the Dothraki and a dragon, now by his brother that says he loves him. Ambushes all day for poor Jamie. Sweet, wah, wah. sweet Jamie. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. She ain't pregnant. If she's pregnant, she ain't going to be for much longer. Mm. There will be no Lannister baby. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of fuck with the prophecy, right? What if she like, I don't know. Yeah. I still want Jamie to kill Cersei. He might still. But now she's pregnant. Mm. It's possible. Unless it's Euron's baby. Unless he finds out that she's lying about the pregnancy and he gets real mad and kills her in a rage. Could be the setup. I mean, that seems silly. It seems very soap opera-esque, but what if? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just watching Days of Our Lives the other day <laughs> and there was this really brutal strangulation scene. <laughs> and they murdered. Happens on Grey's Anatomy all the time. <laughs> this really brutal strangling scene between. I don't know. All right. So. Let's talk about the secret meeting. You let it happen. Why? And Cersei says, accommodations with the Dragon Queen is in our immediate interest. If we want to fight her, we have to be clever. We have to fight her like father would. We are fighting for this. But the lead up to her saying this and touching her womb. And I'm like, ugh. It's very, at first I thought she was touching her puss. <laughs> and I was like, is she bribing him with sex right now? I thought she did a little puss touch, but she didn't do a puss touch. No, she did a baby touch. A little, a little north of puss. I'm going to say. And, uh, God. well, <laughs> so, uh, I think this is exactly what Cersei needs, but it's also conveniently exactly what we need to believe Cersei's not going to get steamrolled next week. Really? Yeah. This is more like plot armor because after the defeat that Jamie takes and they're fucked and Jamie's like, we need to figure something out. They needed something to stop her advance because it's fucking she's done she still has all the unsullied high garden she has all her dothraki she has her one of three dragons this is just one of those things where it's like cersei should still should be gone it should be over and i know we've been saying we don't want to burn people and we don't want to make that impression i just i feel like that's a stretch because i feel like if the if cersei got ousted from king's landing you know the lady who blew up the sept of baylor Although maybe that's being pushed by the fucking PR team as an accident. Do people believe that? I don't know. It's a stretch. So that's why they needed to pause the action. Because, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know either. I think she might be pregnant. I think, based I on Kyburn, I think she might be. If she's pregnant, she's not gonna have a baby. Anyway, Jamie can't believe it. It mood changes the mood. People they make out. Of course, people won't like that. Of course, because he's a loyal and strong husband. He's not her husband. He's her brother. He, he does important things for his, his 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 lover and the mother of his child. He's very caring and loving and handsome. Oh my God, Dean has such a crush on Jamie Lannister that I don't know what to do anymore. Listen to me. 
He's just trying to protect her. He's just so handsome. And then I like go up to my bedroom. There's a poster of Jamie Lannister on his, his like side of the bedroom like, with a like, thumb up and like a like a twinkle on his tooth. <laughs> tooth <yes. laughs> That's how I pictured it in my head. Oh my god, that's uh, so funny. It's like a romance cover. His like armor's kind of open. He's like on out. a horse, like with long Fabio hair mm-hmm, for sure. It was like a hot woman in a bodice. Like, oh, Jamie. Awesome. But you're just looking at Jamie. You're not looking at that woman in her bodice. Yeah, fuck that bodice. I don't care about that shit. <laughs> Give me more of that handsome, charming, bold, and thoughtful knight. <laughs> All right. Um, do you remember what Father said about people? The lion does not concern himself with the opinions of sheep. I love that line. Where to? Uh, let's get to them deciding they need to go to Eastwatch and then going to Eastwatch. All right. Talk to me about them so, going to Eastwatch. They go through a thing. They need to bring a dead man back, blah, 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 all this crap. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. We already talked about that stuff. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Um, but basically, John's like, hey, I got to go. You got to let me go. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but do you want to talk about... We're, we're kind of... We're a little loosey-goosey here. So here's what I think we do. Um, we go back to... Uh, the scene we already talked about? We don't. Danny joked up. Danny agrees. Davos returns and coaches uh, uh, Gendry on his lie to John. That. Yeah, uh, that's where I was just going to start. Okay. Gendry and John meet. Cool. I love this meeting. I think it's great. Another high point for the episode for me. Yeah, I like that Davos is, all right, just don't so forget. Awesome. Don't say who you are. Don't say who you are. And Gendry's like, yep, got it, got it, got it. And John's like, him, hey, John Snow. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Gendry. I'm uh, Rob Rising's son. Um, we're basically best friends yeah. based on our previous lives together. Do you want to put our beds together, make them bunk beds so we can do activities? <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Somebody has to make that meme if they have I think someone already. already has. I think it's already on the it, internet. It web. must be. Um, it was literally like stepbrothers. It was beautiful. I love it. I like the meeting between these two men. I friends. like I like this tie back. This is one of the rich and beautiful things about this story are these tie backs to this yes. family shit. It's awesome. There's a bond between them because of their fathers. Not really their fathers, but I yeah. know, but the fathers who raised them. Correct. What makes a father Dean? <laughs> the one who impregnated your mother who then died and you were abandoned by them all, or the man who raised you and taught you morals? You tell me. This is a it's trick like question. an after school special. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, we're going to go to commercial while Dean gathers his strength. They answer that. It's cute. They they have this bond. They joke around. They talk about their fathers. I, you know, John's like, oh, you're slimmer than he was. And Gendry's like, oh, you're shorter than he was. And they're like teasing each other. It's, 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 it's really cute. It's a nice scene. I really like it. I am on board with this bromance. Um, sorry. They the stories about them. They fought together on one. Uh, right. That shit. I love everything about this. I'm sorry that Gendry's going to die next week. Um, nah. wish he wasn't, wish this bromance could continue, but I feel strong fun. on his survival. Is he in anybody's Deadpool? No, there is no way he's, if he's in we'll somebody's Deadpool, let's not get pulled off. It up. Why are but you giving see. me the wrap up fingers? Cause you need the wrap up fingers tonight. I need the, so, I should have been in bed an hour ago. That's nice. So, um, it's better to be cowed for a minute than dead the rest of your life. Fucking Davos. And then on the beach, Tyrion says, I missed you moment. Nobody like- glowers like you. Sorry, I lost my mic. Nobody glowers like you, not even Grey Worm. Tyrion brings up the coin. This is the coin the slaver gave me when I suggested he free us and pay us. It was supposed to last us the rest of our lives. Tyrion offers it. Take it with you, but bring it back. Our queen needs you. Uh, Danny's like, well, we should be better saying farewell now, but I don't really care about you. 
because I'm a cold and heartless person. Uh, Jorah starts long. to talk and grabs his hands. He sees John. He kisses her hand and gets in the boat. John, if I don't return, at least you don't have to deal with the king in the north anymore. And Danny quivers under his gun. Uh, abashed, the devil stood and felt how awful goodness was. I'll say it again. Abashed, the devil stood and felt how awful goodness was. That's Danny right now. She can't get over how good and pure and beautiful he is because she's so evil and corrupting and terrible. Anyway, um, I've grown. I wish you good fortune in the wars to come, your grace. Tyrion and Danny stand on the beach. Tyrion knows what's up. He sees it. Jorah looks back. He knows what's up. He cries. Which means, I don't know if he's ever coming back, but I know people think he wouldn't come back just to die, but I don't know. Um, And that is, uh, they push off to Eastwatch. Yeah, they do take a bow. I'm an idiot. Why was I even questioning that in the beginning of this episode? I don't know. So they get a, they push their boat out to their bigger boat and they sail their asses to Eastwatch to make the greatest band ever assembled. Yes. Standout moment of the set or what? This these these actors. I've never had so many people I love on the same television screen in my entire life. When I thought it couldn't get any better, I was like, "How does it get better?" Then it gets better because the fucking hound is there. It does not get better than this. And I don't care how cutesy it is when they're all over there and like, hey, you're so-and-so. I knew you said so-and-so. Hey, you're so-and-so. And they're all like interconnected in this way, but they still have the same greater goal. I don't care how cute it was. I still fucking liked it. Still like the scene. The end. This brings up a piece of historical uh, trivia that we mentioned already this season. And I think we were talking about it back when we were talking about Euron and that's Thoros of Mir was the first through the breach at the Siege of Pike with, uh, with Jorah Mormont right behind him. So when, when the Greyjoys rebelled, part of the, 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 the sacking of seed, uh, the, the, the sieging of Pike was done by Thoros of Mir and Jorah Mormont. I'm sure they killed many fucking Greyjoys, those two. Yeah, they did. Jorah Mormont um, got knighted because of his action at the siege of Pike. So he was knighted that day for his bravery during the fighting. Awesome, right? Very cool piece of history. Thoros of Mir. I didn't expect to see you here. That was a cool entrance. I loved it. I like seeing these guys together. It's a little corny, but I like it. Before you get to that, I just want to briefly mention every amazing thing that Tormund says when they're at the table. Before everything that he says. I don't Dude, care so that how many queens are there now, too, and you need to convince the one with the dragons or the one who fucks her brother. And John says both, and he kind of chuckles. <laughs> I love this. I'm sorry. It's fantastic. I also Tormund's like when he's awesome. like, so how many men did you bring? And John like kind of looks around. And he's like, Tormund says, and the big woman. <laughs> and John kind of chuckles. It's so cute, like these interactions, like that, you know, Tormund says his stuff in... John's reactions are like realistic. Like, it's like, oh, Tormund's got a crush on that brand still. And it's cute. It's like two friends reuniting. And as much as Tormund's like, John, you're an idiot, he's still going to back John and, and be with him the whole way, which sure. I like. Um, I like Tormund a lot, man. He's for sure about to die. He's good. Ugh. People. I don't feel good about pool? his chant. No, he's in yours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Literally, three people in your Deadpool just walked out beyond the wall. Oh, no, that's terrible. It's real bad news for me. Mm. Yeah, I like this scene a lot. Um, I've, I've, I've beaten to death my thoughts on the plan in general. To set that aside for just a moment, how awesome is it to watch these guys all interact and all go out together? 
I mean, these are some hard fucking dudes. Hard dudes. Right. And And this is how they're going to remind us that this army is terrible by killing some of these hard men, if not all of them. It's not going to be all of them. No, I know. Um, I I, I like the realization to when we get to the hound where they're like, hey, there's some other people who want to go up beyond the wall. They're like, surprise, it's these bros that you love. They're here too. (laughs) Um, John's like, the hound, I saw you once. Uh, Gendry knows who the Brotherhood Without Banners are um, and doesn't think they can be trusted. Jorah knows Thoros because they're bros. Um, Tormund's like, you're a fucking Morma. Your father was a douchebag. Um, he seemed to return the favor. But they, uh, Beric Dondarrion says, you know, none of their reasons matter that there's a greater purpose. And John says they're all on the same side. Gendry says, how can we be? And John says, we're all breathing. And Hound's um, like, shut the fuck up. Are we going? Which is perfect. Because I got a little too chatty, and now I'm just like, are we going? Yeah. Let's go. Good shit. This is going to lead into a fantastic episode where we're going to watch too, I think. awesome shit happen with our friends. We're going to cry because people we love are going to die. Um, Gendry, for sure. Beric Dondarrion, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Thoros of Mere, questionable. Mm. Thoros of Mere can resurrect people. That's the point, though. What if he only can resurrect either Ben Beric Dondarrion or John? I think it's only. And Beric Dondarrion's like, let me go so John can be safe. It's possible. Or they both die. And then three people in Dean's Deadpool die and I kill myself. If Thoros dies, there's no resin, but expect the resurrection if Thoros lives. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Russell T. Lopez is trying to break my heart because he said, what if the white they capture is Hodor? That. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't think that I could handle that. Emotionally. <laughs> Yikes. That would be uh, brutal. Yeah. Um, that'd be very sad. So stuff to look forward to next week. I think that's it. Bunch of bros dying. Cool. You want to talk about some listener comments? I do not have listener comments ready, but I have the Deadpool ready, so I'll do Deadpool if you do listener comments. How's that? Sounds awesome. Too many comments. <laughs> well, not too many. There's never too many comments. Never too many. Too many for us to do them all, but it's all. It's, they're all... They're awesome because they're just so thought-provoking. Like, it's cool uh, to watch. It's I cool agree. to see everybody and watch the ideas start to pig pile on each other and inspire each other and bend and twirl into us. We didn't say that one of the greatest uh, episode, uh, quotes of the episode, which is, nothing fucks you harder than time, by Davos Seaworth. Great quote. Yep, absolutely. The quote of the episode, probably. But, um, all right, cool. So, why don't you do the Deadpool? We'll do this a little out of order. Do the Deadpool, do Deadpool, and then I'll, I'll I'll drop a couple comments. All right. Despite the fact that we had um, a little bit of death this week, some Dick on Tarly action, some Randall Tarly action. Yeah, some Dick on Tarly action. Um, there is still only one person with two dead people in their Deadpool, and that is Frank Kime, Viscount Kime, Master of Coin, with Oprah San and Elena Tyrell from the Crownlands Division. Still. Mm the winner of all winners, the only person in that division with anybody that's dead. In the north, uh, we still have First Ranger McAllister um, with Ty and Sand. Um, yep. And now we have Lord Fernald, the king beyond the wall, Steve Fernald, who had Dick on Tarly. No way. Who picks Dick on Tarly? Who this kid does. Dick on? He did some good work here. I'm impressed. Uh, so that's what's going on in the north. Over in the Riverlands, we still have Lord Peter of the South, Peter Bolton. What a name. Still a big fan there. Um, who had Ober Sand. Uh, still Lady Kilcher, Paramount of the Trident, uh, who had Olena Tyrell. Uh, now we have Jester James of Pentos, the bringer of shenanigans. 
um, also known as James Estop, who had Randall Tarley. So we have three people on the board in that division. They're doing pretty awesome. well in the Riverlands. Uh, Stormlands division is as terrible as the LSG staff host division. Uh, none of you fools have anybody. But guess what? Neither do we. So I guess we can't judge you too much, you embarrassments. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Says us. We have no deaths. I know. Uh, in the Vale, Lady Tice, protector of the Eerie, uh, has a Lena Tyrell. And newly on the board is my best friend of all time, Lord Benoit, the Hand of the King, who had Randall Tarley. He is now better than me. Keith had cool. him? He had Randall, yep. No shit. That's nice. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, also, Lady Serbling, Light of the East. She had Dick on Tarley. Again, these Dickon people, they Dickon were pulling, lovers. and they did good work with their Dickon pick. They just pick. pulling Dickon. Um, by the way... She also has Thoris of Mir and Bendrick Dar- Beric Dondarrion, so I feel like she's going to do a real rise to the top fast. This mm. lady who picked Dick on, she has got some good shit going on in her Deadpool. Uh, and in the Westerlands, uh, still Queen of Roiner, Lori Browse, who has Olena Tyrell. Um, Lord Gunn, the blind bowman, Zach Gunn, has Olena Tyrell. And Lord Jackson, still with Olena Tyrell. And that's all we got over there. So no movement in the Westerland division. Yep. That's pretty much what's going on in the world. Awesome. Good shit. Well, Frank congrats Prime, to number people. One. Yeah, way to go. Congrats to people actually getting picks in. Damn, I got shit. I know. I got to look at my But I do got a bunch again. of people going north of the wall. And you know how that goes. Yeah, Dean's going to have like probably three people die tomorrow and I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> all right. Um. Listener comments. I'd like to start with uh, Nathan, who says, but I still have concerns about Danny. True, she gave the Tarleys a chance to bend the knee, and it was mostly Randy's bigoted Westerosi supremacy that got them killed. But her whole prisoners, yeah, nah, bro, I take people out of chains. If we give people that choice, many will take it, is sort of terrible. It shows that she doesn't believe John, or at least doesn't fully appreciate the dangers they are in. As John noted, they're all actually on the same side. That of the living. Boom. Mm-hmm. Good shit. I got another one, and I wanted to read this because um, it's an interesting, it's a fresh take. Um, Big fucking Lou. Big Lou. Big Lou says, great ep. Less God Mode Gamer Dragon killing everyone and more character stuff. Uh, loved dragon petting time with Jon Snow, like the cojones on Sam's papa. She has invaded with a foreign barbarian horde. He will not bend the knee just to save his life. Good on him. The worries about Danny being uh, about Danny being is a tad on the mad scale. Burning the heads of houses is all well and good in the moment, but it takes everything Cersei has been saying more and more true. It makes everything Cersei has been saying more and more true. Good point that neither one of us touched upon. Um, she's playing into the narrative that that Cersei has laid mm-hmm. out will win you a battle, but long-term, it just means she will be ruling by fear. Fear will keep the local systems in line. Fear of this battle station. Sorry. Uh, John and Gendry Bromance is a beautiful thing. Assembling the party before the quest beyond the wall has me excited about next episode. On the downside, Sansa is still her annoying self. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I know. I told you I'm in the minority on this. I know. There's another one I wanted to read that I spotted. Uh, where was it? Where was it? Bob. Bob Marcuna says, I didn't understand what Cersei meant when she told Jamie to never betray her again. We didn't talk about this. By meeting with Tyrion. 
Right. Surely she didn't mean by meeting Tyrion, he continues. <laughs> he didn't know he was meeting him until it happened, and he told her immediately. Did she mean by letting Tyrion leave unharmed? Maybe. That must be it. Um, Jason, on that same thread, says she absolutely meant with Tyrion. She let it happen, but Jamie did it behind her back. It's supposed to show her insanity. That's my read. I like it. It's not bad. I think Cersei's losing her shit for sure. Mm, it's fair. There was one more I Especially saw. Especially with her fake baby. Oh, right here. Oh, by the way, Michael Claudio posted the best friends thing in our Facebook group. Michael Claudio, initial thoughts. Danny is about to have people follow her out of fear instead of love and support. All the Lannisters that bent the knee fear her. They do not support her. This could be an issue down the road. John is awesome, and I've always loved him as Team Stark. But after tonight's reveal, I guess I'm on Team Targaryen. Yeah, I guess so. Me too. How could Sam not know we needed him to have Gilly reread that line? Important stuff here, Sam. John is not a bastard, and I think that makes him the rightful heir to the throne that he doesn't want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam leaving the Citadel makes sense because he can't become a maester during the series. This his character needs to do more than just read about the achievements of other men. Oh, yeah, by the way, we missed that line, which is what his father said to him. He repeated it back. So maybe Randall did inspire Sam a little. Oh, Randall. R.I.P., bro. You were a kind man, even though you told him not to be fat. Hopefully, Game of Thrones can do some sweet Game of Thrones travel magic, and he can appear at the wall here in the next episode without being killed by the Lannister army. Yeah. Cersei's lying and does not have a baby, but it is a way to keep Jamie loyal to her and to keep him fighting for her till the death. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, Obviously, the loyalty part makes sense, but to the death really makes sense if she thinks he might waver in any way. Mm-hmm. Arya is not fully in her element anymore. Littlefinger plays games all the time, and it will be interesting to see how his game plays out. Bran, thanks for doing something useful. <laughs> Eastwatch, shit is about to go down, and finally, we get some good old White Walker screen time. They aren't coming home with a White Walker unless they themselves are the White Walker. Damn. Damn. That's dark. That's right. So that's, every friend we have is going to die. That's dark. It's real dark. Great comments as usual. Awesome shit. Jessica, final thoughts on Game of Thrones this week. This week was mediocre. I think next week is going to be fantastic, and I'm really excited for it. Um, I have a fantasy football draft the same day, so it's going to be a really exciting night for me. Boom. <laughs> there you go. Um, I thought this episode took a bit of a downturn and some of the plot holes are rearing their heads at me. And although I'm willing to look past some, I got to admit, I'm not overly consistent in this. Some rub me the wrong way and others just don't. Uh, And that's just simply a matter of taste, I think. Um, But when they continue to pile on, I'm, 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 I'm forced to point some of them out. I'm not claiming to have any insight into noticing these things. Everyone else noticed them too, which is a problem. Um, I do think that this is hard to just lay at Benioff and Weiss's feet. They've run a great show so far with a material that was written. They're really going off of conversations and what notes. It's really hard to do that if, if, and I'm not saying, you know, it's you know, th- these guys were they're trying to write a show and they had source material probably assuming back when they started this shit seven years ago, they'd always have source material, they'd always have source material. <laughs> But this guy writes at a fucking snail space. He's the human fucking rain delay. He's literally the opposite of like Stephen King, who's like, I'll turn out a right. thousand pages in a year, like nobody's business. So he, 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 there's, I don't want to just be like, oh, these guys suck. You know, there's a lot of talk about, 
they're just not into it anymore. Maybe, but they're fucking professionals. I mean, I don't know if that's going to make them suck at, at doing this. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure having families and all that shit and being away and shooting, being fucking out 300 or whatever all year and having very limited days off TV, making TV shows is really hard. It's hugely time consuming. So I, I don't, I don't want to pretend to know what these guys think. Maybe they said in an interview, we're sick of Game of Thrones. I don't know. If somebody wants to shoot me that source material, I'll read it. But but I feel like a lot of people are making a lot of assumptions about these guys. And I don't know if it's entirely fair because you're not, you don't have the fucking playbook anymore. It's hard, man. That's hard to wrap this up. These guys could be sick of writing Game of Thrones, but these guys also don't want to be Damon Lindelof who we use his name as like an adjective to describe people who don't know how to write TV shows so and I love Lost but do you know what I mean like these guys don't want to fuck this up they know the ending they do at least that they at least know the ending George R. R. Martin's ending I would assume well the books are fucking so different but I don't want to get into all that yeah I don't want to the person who sits on the Iron Throne is beyond great joy (laughs) Surprise! <laughs> He's like, come here. I I will send a raven to your house. The ending. Don't let it be intercepted. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? Where's this raven? Mm. All right, let's get out of here. You want to get out of here? Sure. All right. Uh, Tuesday next week, probably. Tuesday next week. Mm, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks for uh, tuning in as you always do. Remember to follow us on Twitter. At LSG Media, that's at LSG Media. Uh, you can follow us, which you'll find from there as well. We're always retweeting and tweeting and liking the uh, official LSG Twitter account. Make sure you visit on the web. Visit on the web at uh, LiberalStreetGeek.net. That's LiberalStreetGeek.net. Until next time, we're going to get up out of here. So see ya. Bye. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at LibertyStreetGeek.net. That's LibertyStreetGeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. Alright, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one! Uh